everyone. Welcome to Beer Cake. I'm your host, JJ Co. You can stream Beer Cake podcast on uh, Anchor.fm and Spotify. Um, I'm still pending on other streaming services. I'm still waiting. And you could also follow the, po- the podcast on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, at Beer Cake Podcast. Okay, so today we have an interesting episode, actually. Um, and my guest today is Stephen Lee. He is a financial analyst with over 20 years of experience in the industry. And today we're going to talk about GameStop. Um, Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing? Hi, JJ. Good to see you. Hi, good to see you. Yeah. So um, it, it's an interesting event. So I, I kind of wanted to talk about this um, <clears throat> Because I think the what happened to GameStop in the past couple of weeks, especially the last week of January, um, I not only is it interesting from a financial perspective, but I think also culturally and politically. And so there's sort of many aspects to this. So I thought maybe we'd look at it from all those aspects, but uh, maybe look at it from the financial aspect first, and and maybe set some uh definitions as well for those who are listening who are not familiar with trading and the financial sector and and especially the stock market how that all works so um yeah we can get started so i think um i think everybody probably has heard something um because it was all over the news and all over social media um the game stop game game stop stock um rose had a crazy rise from uh particularly on january 25th uh, monday january 25th and i think it hit the high uh on january actually i have this i have this january 28th january 28th actually pre-market january 28th it went as high as 513 dollars um, I think during the market hours, it went as high as like 470, 480 or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then of course there were crazy things that happened, uh, in the midst of that Robin hood, uh, the online trading pr- platform decided to, uh, restrict, uh, traders from buying. So buying. we could go mm-hmm. over all of that stuff. Sure. So, um, and then now, uh, in the following week, the week of February 1st, uh, it just kept tanking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that story is kind of over. Uh, who knows? Maybe next week there'll be another spike. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, but that's basically what happened. So, um, we, you know, let's talk about, like, who are the players? Who, who's driving the stock prices? Why did it go up? Um, and uh, why was there all this confusion um, and controversy around um, uh, trading restrictions and all that? Okay, so let me just start start um, give a background on GameStop, right? So for those who don't know what GameStop is, it's a video game retailer that buy and sell video games, console, and stuff like that. And then for a long time, people would think that GameStop is going to die because no one go to a store to buy stuff, especially after COVID, right? There's no one going to the store, everything's online. 
So there has been a very negative thesis in the company where they're, hey, no, I venture go to zero because it won't exist anymore, right? And the interesting thing that happened is that started, I think, around summertime of last year, Ryan Cohen, which is the founder of Chewy, um, bought a stake in the company. And, and so, but the stock didn't really move, it moved a little bit, but it's not like crazy, right? But it went from single digit to like double digit, right? And hey, they keep buying stocks here. And so, and so, so what happened is that in Wall Street, there is something called short selling, right? So that, that it basically for hedge funds, what they can do is they can bet a stock going down by basically selling shares that they do not own and hope for the stock price would drop and, and then just buy it back at a lower price. I mean, I think in, in, in this case on GameStop, uh, people think it's zero, right? And then there's a lot of cases of stock, you know, people shorting it, right? And we didn't go into discussion about this being patriotic, I mean, non-patriotic, non whatever it is. But to me, it just is it's a mechanism available in the market that allows you to make money, right? Just so you're buying something and sell high, you want to sell high and buy low, right? The same logic. Yeah, it's a, I do want to point out that it's perfectly legal and, and it's a uh, perfectly normal uh, in the course of, you know, uh, trading, uh, stock trading, uh, buying and selling to actually do that. And, and actually, I was listening to um, a lot of different um, news around this and people talking about the different aspects of it. Um, and sometimes the short selling or shorting a stock, that mechanism serves a purpose sometimes, especially if a particular stock is overinflated and for whatever reason. Um, and so shorting a stock sometimes drives the price down to what its true valuation is. And yeah. so, it, yeah, it can be a very useful mechanism. Yeah, and, and the fact is, I mean, I think one argument that I think is very valid is a short seller, their work has to be much better because when you buy a stock long, whatever you put in as cash, you go zero, you lose, lose at all. But in the case of seeing GameStop, the loss could be infinite. You can put in a hundred bucks, it goes up 10 times, you lose a thousand bucks, right? So, so yeah. I mean, one argument is that the short seller who does work on the company, they're not just doing for the sake of, because they always oh, it's funny, they should do a lot of work and they have a strong thesis because they know that the risk reward is against them. It's just going to casino, your odds against you. So you better be, really sure of what you're doing before you actually make a trade. So yeah, like you say, it's perfectly legal, has been done. And it's basically in this hedge fund industry, right? Because um, basically to reduce the volatility of a fund where you're a long bunch of stock and you want to short something to balance it so that in, in the long run, you can avoid the volatility in the market so that you can balance out a fund. That's just basically why people do it, right? Wait, okay. Um, so uh, just to clarify, you're saying that... Um... Uh, traders will short stocks to help balance the volatility. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so for example, right. So, like for 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 a typical person to buy, they just buy stock, right? Market goes up, they go up, goes down, it goes down, right? And so there are hedge funds. This industry started this in the sixties, seventies, where you basically buy undervalued stock that you think will go up, and you want short stock that you think is overvalued that will go down. So that way, you the so so you become somewhat disconnect with the market movement, right? I because market see. go up, you'll go up, but then your your short in theory should go up less. And then market go down, your long will go down, but your short will go down more. So that actually create less volatility in the portfolio. That that is the idea. That is the goal. That's the idea and it and it's the 
uh, hedge funds that serve that purpose. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because because most because because for because you have to be especially registered funded to able to do this right. Is it's not, not is not anybody who can just go in and then just uh, short stocks. I mean, I, actually, let's take it back. Like anybody can go short stock, but you got to sign some agreement with the brokerage firm in order either to a short stock. And then it just it becomes like a professional game where people go long and short stock because because it does take a lot of work than just buying hey, Apple and just hold it for 20 years and, and just forget about it. Right. Um, so, yeah, because I was also uh, a little unclear in terms of what exactly are hedge funds. I mean, um, you know, they're they're not necessarily fund managers like mutual fund managers or. Oh, they are. Like, they are. Oh, OK. They are. So they yeah. do manage. So OK, they do manage. fund. Yeah. So the only difference is that instead of just buying long, they would short stocks so that by different hedge fund hedging against your long portfolio so that. So, I mean, ideally, is you want to make money on both sides, right? Make money on the long and then the shorts. But, but the idea also fact that is if, if there's some market volatility, right, that you can um, uh, create a, an, an, an exposure where you can protect your, your capital during market volatility, right? I mean, there are certain funds called market neutral fund. Well, let's say if you're long $1,000 of stock, you will short $1,000 of stock. So your net net, your exposure is zero. Right, as opposed to you, 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 you have a thousand dollars, you put everything in there, your exposure is a hundred percent, right? It's, it's like a that's that's kind of like a betting on both black and red on the on the roulette, <laughs> basically. But then there's still chance you will lose, but you can get zero and double zero, right? <laughs> right. So so it's, it's so it's not a zero risk game, as you can tell what happened yeah. at GameStop, right? So sometimes you hit zero and double zero, and you will just be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's a, yeah. you lose everything, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wait, okay, yeah, okay. So you're not necessarily betting uh, long and short on the same stock. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So for got example, it. right? Yeah. So for example, right? So so let's say I like Apple a lot, so I'm long Apple, right? Yeah. But then I know certain stock that will move with Apple. But then is a undervalued company. So one trade and say, well, I think Apple's doing great. They will take over BlackBerry in the future. So years ago, I could be long Apple and short BlackBerry, both are technology stocks in the same sector. But then I know that Apple will do much better than BlackBerry. And so that's how you can hedge it. And if the market go down, both will go down. But I think BlackBerry in the long will go down more. Does it, I mean, that's an example. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and just to just to define, long just means that you're buying stock at lower price, hoping it will go up, and yep. you're selling it after it goes up. Uh, yep. Shorting is you're actually buying or selling the stock that you actually don't have. So essentially, you're borrowing stock from market makers or somewhere. Or yeah. yeah. So so one way this. Go to the whole controversy, right? So they're, they're obviously a lot of people own the stock, right? And the way it works is these stock can be loaned to to the to different brokers to to enable short seller to then use those share to sell what they don't have because they have to borrow it, right? Yeah. And one thing that's interesting with GameStop is that is that according to our data, the amount that's shorted is more than the amount of shares exists. That's right. That, which, that's... which 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 is which is unusual and it shouldn't happen, but it did. It did because I understand that um, uh, 
people could actually uh the way it's set up you could actually like the same number of shares can be shorted multiple times or something like that yeah but in theory it shouldn't happen right it shouldn't happen but technically it can happen and which is what happened and 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 it definitely did right yeah so so there's a couple of controversy around the game stock then uh one it was shorted the short position that hedge funds took exceeded the number of shares that actually existed which Mm -hmm. is a huge red flag right Mm -hmm. um and the other one is that at the time i think um hedge funds took these short positions the stock was not necessarily overvalued or inflated because it was in the single digit prices. Yes. Yeah. It, it's the fact that they, they think that this company is going away and it's going to zero. Right? right. And that's that's the assumption that they were making. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. the end of 2020, um, uh, what's his name? Something Ryan. Ryan Cohen. Ryan Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Cohen actually injected like 76 million or something like that into the company buying like 9 million shares or something. Um, yeah, so it happened over time. So it started this summer, yeah. it started with like a 5 million share position. And over time, they, he, he built it up. And so I think the most recent one was in, in January, right? So no one, people pay attention to it and stop it moving up a little bit here and there, but it's not, it didn't really get into this craziness until January. And basically by the time you get to like 13% shares off the company, he, he wanted to be on the board. He, he wanted to make changes. He, I guess always he's thinking he see value in the company. He think and turn around, and and going to the background then is that this stock has been one. There's one person or a lot of people pushing the stock starting in the summertime mm-hmm. in Wall Street bets, right? So, so to me, Wall Street bet is is I guess today's uh, versus 2000s chat room, right? People just putting idea in there. People follow and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I what- think. So Wall Street Bets is actually a subreddit group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. And, 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 so, and so people are following, and then there is this one particular person. Uh, it's deep value. Uh, value. No, you can and, say a deep fucking value. Um, and the okay. person behind that is Keith Gill. Uh, he yes. lives in Boston or, or near Boston, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, right. Yeah. And so from, from what I can read, he worked for Mass Mutual until he resigned, I think, late January when he started making his millions. The trade. So I think he took a position where he bought, I think, a thousand <clears throat> April 12 and a half calls for like, I don't know, 30 cents. And then I think he bought 50,000 shares at like 14 bucks. So he basically, I think, put, net, net put in about somewhere under 1 million. And, 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 and at the peak, that 1 million was worth 50 something? Something, yeah. It was definitely yeah. double digit millions. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so in the process, he did cash out. I mean, I mean, I was looking on the Reddit, and he did sell five hundred, so half of his call option, and cash out like thirteen million. So he's obviously in the money. He made at least ten times his money. The rest is just riding on the profit and stuff like that. And but then also, but then I just want to talk to them. This is more of a cultural thing where YOLO, right? You only live once. This this mentality where you know I'm going to put in. And then it to me, it feel like a. A, a uh casino a casino uh casino mentality just bet it all if i win i win big if i lose i go home mm-hmm. that is not investing but we can talk about that later right <laughs> and so and so people phone this guy and, and i'm reading the chat it's like if if he's holding i'm holding my shares and, and so that's i think where he got crazy and then buying begets buying because 
to be honest with you, how it all started is that it's what we call short squeeze, right? Where basically people are short these stocks and then, and then, and then as a risk management for hedge fund, when stocks are going up and going against you, you may want to reduce the position. And so in order to reduce the short position, you have to buy the shares. So that buying begets more buying. And also over time, the fact is when the, when the start start going up like this, the amount of shares available to borrow gets hard, or the cost to borrow the shares is, 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 is much higher because there's a cost to borrow stock. It's not like, oh, I can borrow shares and just short it. There's a fee that you, that you, that you have to pay to borrow the stock. Normally on a very high trader stock, it's only like a percent, 2%. But on GameStop, I think at the point, it gets you like hundreds of percent. So it doesn't wow. make sense to even short the stock. It's like, I'll, I'll just lose money just shorting, period, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so therefore, they have to start covering. And so that creates artificial um, volume of buying. So then this actually going to the merits of short seller in the sense that is these shares that they borrow have to be bought back at some point. So therefore, if a stock goes down a lot, these short sellers actually artificially support the stock as they're buying the stock back if they're not assuming it's zero, right? So there is that merit on short seller um, because they, those shares need to be bought back. Uh, but then on the I'm going back to the GameStop. So they're just creating short squeeze. And because the losses are infinite, right? It's not like it, it goes up unless you cover it. Um, so therefore, that's why you see Melvin Capital, which is like the main headline, asking, uh, I think Citadel and also SAC, I guess point, uh, point, point 0.72 for capital infusion. Because if you, if you have a hundred bucks that you short, you went up five times, you lose 500 bucks. There's a hole there. You will have to pluck either capital to fill that hole or sell your long position to raise cash to sell that hole, to fuck that hole. So in a way, you see it to kind of why the market went down the last week of January. Because as this going crazy, funds have to raise capital to plug that hole that they have as a result of short selling that they look at of the losses. So you create this market mechanism that just bring down the market just because of what happened. So the market did go down. Um, you know what? Actually, that's the one thing I didn't really pay attention to if the entire market went down. So the, the entire market did go down a bit. Yeah. So I think in the last week of, of January, I think it went down 4%, I think. 4%? Uh, on the yeah. So, 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 yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot, but 4% is a lot, right? So S&P went down lot, like actually. a point. Yeah, 4.5% in one week. Yeah. Yeah, that that is significant, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I and also there were reports of um, like towards the end of that week and maybe the early following week, um, there were uh, articles about uh, one particular article. Goldman was warning like if this um, sort of short squeeze continues, then the market can crash. And there were all these sort of ominous kind of like this can't continue, you know. Otherwise, we'll be in big financial trouble kind of uh, warnings, but. I don't yeah, know how because, realistic that that was. Because, was. because actually, the truth is, then it tied back to Robinhood and all these broker, right? Yeah. There was almost a financial accident that happens in the market. Now, so so I understand people upset. All Robinhood sh shut down people from buying stock on that one day, and then slowly unrestrict them only buy one share. And then now, I think I saw last Friday, they're free to trade stock again. 
And, and the reason why they did that is because Robin Hood ran out of capital. Yeah. And so basically, Robin Hood almost went under, basically. That's what happened. I don't think people realize it. They're just upset that, oh, you know, we got to investigate why can't Robin do that. Oh, they might be because they are basically um, because because Citadel is paying them for order flow. They're doing them as a favor. All these conspiracy theory happening. Well, I think to be fair, though, I think what people are upset about is the fact that they only uh, restricted buying and not the selling. So if they had restricted both buying and selling, it would have stood where it stood and, you know, and uh, restricted all activity regarding GameStop and other other uh, mean stocks, as they're called. Um, but they didn't do that. They only restricted buying of the stock, which then um, prevented all these Reddit uh, traders from uh, maintaining a certain uh, price level but also allowing hedge funds and people who are shorting the stock to be able to sell off um, their shares at a lower price. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 see, there's but but there's a reason why they did that, though, right? Because selling actually reduced the capital needs. Because because when Robinhood, right? So basically, Robinhood is like the way if you look at this, all brokers they don't charge you commission. In the old days, they charge you hundreds of dollars just to do one trade. Now, and over time, it's like fifteen bucks, twelve bucks, five bucks. Now it's zero, right? The brokers need to make money somehow. And the brokers in the industry, wash industry, how they make money is by, by selling your order flow. Forget about Robin Hood. Charles Schwab, E-Trade, America, they all, all of them, they all do it. Because that's a way for them to make money, right? So they will sell all the aggregate order flow of, of the firm, Citadel, whoever it is, right? And then that's and they'll get revenue from it. And so and so in this case, Robin Hood, because, because they were doing a self-clearing, they clear their own trades. So they have to put up capital with um, DTCC to make sure that, to, to make sure the trade is done, and also build itself. There's a brokerage firm. We don't know how many people in Robinhood buy stock on margin. So let's talk about margin, right? So basically, if you if you open a brokerage account and you sign a margin agreement, you can actually borrow money against your stock and buy more. So typical margin requirement is fifty percent on on the regular stock. So you put in one hundred bucks. You can buy $150 worth of stock. But then at the end, if you lose money, you could be negative 50 if everything goes zero, right? So you owe the broker 50 bucks. And so now you have all these MIM stock going up like crazy, up and down like crazy, right? Now, I don't know, I don't have the statistic of how many people buy on margin on game stock and all these stock. I'm sure there are people. And so if you're a broker, you see that happen like the day before Robinhood shut down. E-Trade and manage all those guys, they change the margin requirement, meaning you can only buy less of the stock. They didn't stop you from buying it, but they are restricting people buying how much they can buy versus previously. And But with, but in Robinhood's case, they shut down the buying because they have to meet the capital requirement to do this. And you can see them, they raised them three and a half billion dollars within two days. Uh, that's how the wider trading restriction got eased. Because selling, you're taking cash in, right? So that 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 reduces their their liability. And if you have a margin account, that reduces the risk of people couldn't put up margin to fill that gap. Let's say you buy, buy like at five hundred, even look, you want a three fifty. Guess what? You're down one fifty. You could be down more than what you owe in your account. What happens if you can't collect that money from the customer? Robin it have to eat it, mm -hmm. right? So so therefore that's 
why it happened. I understand nobody cares because I already know is that I cannot buy it. But there is almost a financial accident that almost happened where if Robinhood goes down, it will create a cascading effect. We don't know how big it is. The problem with Wall Street and leverage is that something bad happened. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just one event and that's it. Or it could cascade and then be a domino and just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's actually what happened with the housing crisis, right? Yes. Yes, right. We and Wall Street still has not learned the lesson. They over they they're over leveraged everything. Well, I mean to be fair, right? Now, I'm, <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not being a, being performed Wall Street, right? All the banks today is much more well capitalized than it was in 08. People still play leverage. That is that is the way it is. We all play leverage, right? But they minimize the risk they take, right? And and the funny thing, right? You see. You see, with internet brokers or Robinhood, they go and talk. Yeah, I'm doing this to pro- protect the customer. That's BS. They're protecting <laughs> themselves, but they have to say that, right? But in a way, it's true because if they can't protect themselves, the customer lose, right? Because yeah. they, they will go away. Because this one, I, I forgot who it was. I think I think it was the interactive broker CEO. Because I think the CNN or someone asked, "Are you doing this to protect the customer?" Say, I'm protected to protect myself. No, I mean for the customer. Like he even said it, say himself first, the firm first, then customer. But it's true, right? Because if, if the firm goes under, what good does it for the customers out there, right? That that's true. So, let's say the scenario played out very differently, and Robinhood was not able to stop the bleeding soon enough, and they eventually went under. Then what mm-hmm. would have happened to all of their customers? Right. Well, first of all, they can't take money out. They're stuck, right? right. So I'll give, give you an example, right? So there was a financial accident that happened, I think, in 2000 and... I can't remember. I think 2010 or 11 in, in the foreign exchange market. Because I remember vividly because we had to, we, we owned that stock of that book. All right. So, so, so I, think, I think it was Swiss franc being devalued overnight, right? And so... The first day the stock trade went down, no one already know why, and eventually that stock went to zero. Because what happened is that, and 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 foreign exchange is even worse. You can leverage as as a as a customer as a retail, a hundred times to one, your capital, because foreign exchange normal does not move more than half a percent, one yeah. percent. But it was like a it was like a massive like three four five cent cent uh, deviation move, and so a lot of people customer who bet against the move don't have enough capital to plug the hole. A lot of them went like negative two, three, four hundred thousand. And so what happened? Well, you still make you still have to hold the customer who have the asset whole, right? Make, make them whole. But you have all this negative here. So the firm ran out of money and you went under. And so end up Jeffries have come in and bailed them out. So but at least for a period of time, you're stuck. Like you can't take money out because you're stuck, right? And so if Robinhood goes under, the customer is stuck. Hopefully, someone will bail them out. I'm not sure who, right? Eventually, right? Because there are people who invest in Robinhood that wants to go under, right? And the fact that they want to go IPO and make money and stuff like that. But also the fact is you don't know what is the cascading effect. If Robinhood cannot, because each side there's a, there's a buy and sell on each trade, right? And you and you settle it. If Robinhood go under, he cannot meet the commitment to the other side. The abdominal effect and hurt Charles Robert E. Trey, 
and if they don't have enough capital, then it's like the cascading effect happens. So luckily, nothing happened. The market roared back the next week because everything's fixed. Robinhood got capital. Everything is fine. But sometimes this kind of things you just don't know, mm-hmm. like how it happened. But 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 it but it could be accessory where and the fact is if this mem stuff, for example, keep going higher, it will force a lot of the hedge fund to sell the long to raise capital, and hence, and and the funny thing is I know how buying begets buying, selling begets selling. Yes. And as the market goes down, everyone has to sell now because oh the market is not turning. And then, and then it it is all everything is tied with the foreign currency volatility, and you create all these other pool of capital need to react as a result, and you just snowball into something that we don't know. That's what happened. Yeah. So we we did potentially avoid uh, or dodge that bullet that could now, have yes. could have been catastrophic. Who yes. knows? But it's yes. a complete unknown at this point because we we don't yeah. know exactly what would have happened. Yeah. Um, and for now, um, I think um, there was a couple of things. So just just a couple of notes about Robinhood. I actually do have a Robinhood account, so I could I could give uh, some details in terms of like how that works. So Robinhood accounts. Um, you, you do have the option of opening a cash account or a margin account. And um, to open a margin account is very easy. And and uh, on Robinhood, at least, um, like, if your account balance... I'm not sure if, if the margin uh, ratio changes if your account balance is, like, 25000 and ab- above. But I would uh, guess that most of the people on Reddit who participate in this... Uh, game stock, stop stock surge, uh, did not have that much in their account. You know, these are probably people who have five hundred thousand or whatever. Um, but on that note, though, but the thing is that right, the one thing we didn't touch on is that yeah. a lot of these small investors they don't buy the stock; they buy the option of the stock. And it's, that create a leverage effect on the on. Uh, I see more. what you mean. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm still not exactly comfortable in explaining what options are. But no, I. I mean, I. I understand that. You're. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. So. So, are you saying that most of the people who sort of uh, contributed to the the price surge um, bought options, and so not necessarily actually bought equity? Yeah. So let me just explain option. So option is basically by the name itself is an option, right? So option, there's what you call a call or a put option. A call is um, expect the stock to go up. A put is expect the stock to go down. Where it let's say let's say for GameStop, right? I bought a ten dollar call, so I have the right to buy the stock at ten dollar if I choose to exercise the call option. Buying a put option at ten dollar means that I have the right to sell the stock at ten dollar if I choose to exercise the option. And so what happened, there is a trend. It, it started in 2000 already, right? I mean, 2020 already, during COVID. A lot of smaller investors are buying out of the money calls and made a lot of money because the stock for this Tesla, Etsy, Peloton, Zoom, all these names just go up, double, triple, whatever. 
you don't normally see stock go up that much, right? I mean, just just to put in in in, in the game sort of thing. On a stock market, on average, historically, should only go up. I mean, on average, goes up eight to twelve percent a year. That's the average return for for equity stock. If if you want to run stock, goes higher, right? But to have a stock go up on Tesla, go up, right? Elon Musk often from number ten to number one of the world, whatever person overnight on one year, because Tesla went up. Yeah, that is unheard of, right? I'm not saying Tesla. I'm not saying Tesla is bad. It's a great company. It's a great car. All this stuff. But these are things that you have ne- I never seen right in 20 years that this happens right short squeeze I've seen not to this magnitude but 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 it's like a market going up like this is just because there's so much money out there but let's go back to option right so by buying call option they give you a right to buy the stock so like for example like how the fucking value is so much money because he bought the April 12 and a half calls I think at 40 cents they at the peak of 500, these options were 485 bucks. That says how he turned 20,000 into whatever, 30 million. Mm. So you just think about it, you have 500 bucks. Some people could have turned the 500 bucks into, I don't know, a million bucks if they, if they bought it early on, right? And so, but the way we work is with option, there's a buyer and a seller as well, right? So you buy the, you buy the option, most likely is is a dealer who sell you the option. And so for the dealer, they want to hedge their risk. They have to buy the stocks in case the stock goes up. Right. Okay. Right. So, and so as the stock become more and more in the money, because basically it's not a one-to-one correlation, right? Because let's say, let's say you buy a, a, a call option. So let's, let's say GameStop is, uh, is a 10 bucks. If I buy a $5 option, Every point move will correlate to the price going up. But let's say if I buy the ten dollar call and the stock's at five, even if the stock goes up a dollar, my option won't go up in one because I'm not what you call in the money, right? Because the stock price is still lower than where I could bought. But as the price goes up, the dealer have to buy more stock to to basically hedge themselves against the risk. And so what happened is that as stock going higher. But do have to buy more stock to make sure they don't risk the capital as well. Every, every at the end, it's capitalism. I'm trying to protect myself. I don't want to get screwed, and that's all it is, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way it works. And so all these people buying all the money calls who made a lot of money. That it, it, all, that's another form of buying that created in the game stock because the dealer have to buy the stock so that to, to protect themselves from losing money on these options that uh, that, uh, that they have because it's a zero sum game. Whoever made a dollar on 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 the on the option, someone lose a dollar. That's always how it happened with option. I, I mean, unlike stock, because if you own the stock, all it is you just sold it lower than where it went, but you still sold it, right? But with option doesn't work that way. It's, it's a zero sum game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, option is a little tricky. I actually I I did remember buying a couple of options. This is back in 2020, just to sort of learn how that works. I bought uh, one option. It was like um one cent a share so i bought uh, and options you would buy in uh in chunks of hundreds in multiples of hundreds right so i bought yep. 100 shares a penny a share uh option um for one dollar and mm-hmm. a few days later it went up to four dollars and so i sold it and i made three dollars yeah. <laughs> exactly so 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 you imagine right instead of, yeah. instead of a dollar you put in you put a thousand dollars you just made Right, three but I, 
But I have to say, though, I have no idea why it went up. Because when you're buying equity shares, you could see the stock prices chart. And when it goes up, and let's say it goes from $10 to $11, you know what that is, right? Because you mm -hmm. can see it in the chart, and you know that it's $1 profit you're going to make. But mm -hmm. options, I still don't really know how that works. Um because I, you know, like you said, like just because the stock prices go up does not necessarily mean the option prices go up. Yeah, well, I mean, there is there is a correlation, right? There's so a correlation, option, but it's not, yeah. Yeah, so because option, there are different components. The option, there is the time component because it could expire at some point in the future. There is a volatility component and there is um, the price of the underlying asset component, right? And so and so and so time as you get close to expiration, it 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 will decay. It will take the value out, yeah. right? And the and, and the price underlying side, if that goes up, your option should go up in value on that component, right? And the last part is the volatility. So one of the reasons why the option makes so much money for a lot of people is because volatility on these stocks just blows up, and so the price of the option went up, even if the stock goes nowhere your option value goes up because people expect the move on the security is going to be much higher than normal. So they have to put that into the price of the option just because it might just move like crazy and you'll be, you know, um, make money as a result. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's so, yeah. So I'll give you an example. I didn't like, like I'll tell you, like I, I tried to short GameStop and I think uh, it was 350, right? Obviously I can't borrow shares. And I look at the GameStop option, uh, it makes no sense because the pricing makes no sense. So I actually did a roundabout way shorting it by shorting the retail ETF, the XRT. Basically, because GameStop is one of the components, because it's gone up so much, it becomes 20% of that ETF. And so what I did was I, I, I bought a put option on the XRT. Now, and during the day, I was looking at the option. My option value went up, even though even though the XRT didn't move, actually went higher. So in theory, I should lose money, but GameStop and still went higher. But I actually made money on the option that day because the volatility of XRT went up because GameStop is getting more volatile. So XRT become more volatile. So I actually made money as a result of it, not because the stock went in my favor. It's because the option component of the volatility went up. So there's a lot of trick to it. It's not like, oh, you just buy an option. If a stock goes up, you make money. Sometimes, like for example, I tell you that at GameStop, have you bought the put option at the high? It's not a 60. The stock went down 80%. Your option probably went up maybe 50%. You make less than the, than the move of the stock. And option is supposed to multiply the effect of the stock because the volatility components just collapse and you lose money on, the, on, on that side of the option value. So, so I think for people just playing buying options just for that is actually more complicated um, than, than than what it looks like. So yeah, and and um, and it's complicated. It's it's not as straightforward, and you could potentially lose. Uh, it's I think money it's would be easier. fast too. Yeah, it's easier to lose money faster, uh, fast than buying equity. Um, yes. Yeah, and. Because, uh, because this option, this option can can go zero zero very fast. Because if your option at at expiration, you you're not in the money, it's zero. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. But 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 then but then but then on stock, rarely it goes to zero that fast, right? If if it does, right? Yeah, if it if it does at all. I mean, if if I mean it could, it could potentially go to zero if the company basically fails, right? And goes yeah, exactly. bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then it goes to zero. Otherwise, as long as it's still there, <laughs> so there it might. Hope. Right. It might. Just, just like GameStop. We had it the whole time. You made a lot of money, right? It's like there's hope. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think it went to an all-time low. Um. I I charted this. Wait. Hold on a second. Let me look at it. Uh, it went to an all-time low of two dollars and fifty-seven cents in April third of twenty twenty. Um. Uh, I mean, but you know, granted, that was like shortly after the whole lockdown pandemic started. Yeah. So so all, all the entire stock market actually tanked. Uh, mid March. Uh through april and then i guess like maybe late april or or may that's when it started going back up but um so going back to uh what happened at the end of january so um you know all the reddit people on reddit um a good number of them were robin hood account holders and robin hood actually um uh Account opening on Robinhood actually soared during the pandemic. Um, and so you have uh, lots of people on that platform to begin with. And and I would say probably a good majority of them don't really know uh, how the stock market works, all the intricacies of it, and certainly not how options work. I don't know. I'm just guessing, maybe. I have no stats or no facts to back this up, but I'm just guessing, like, these are novice traders, uh, novice investors, because I think uh, actual investors would not use a platform like Robinhood. Uh, I, I, I have no idea, right? Because now, yeah. I, 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 mean, I, think, I think Robinhood, you know, then this goes to the social democratization of trading and stuff like that, right? So I think obviously Robin did a good job where, where I think part of the boom to start with Robin is that it's the stimulus check that went out during COVID, right? A lot of people don't really need the money. They still got it. And so they, they figure, you know, I want to put the money in the market and then and, and then make money. And lo and behold, the market just go up, 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 up and up. So these people just start making a lot of money and then they just keep trading it. And I think now I, I never used the platform before, but from what I can read and tell is that it's like playing a game. It's like you you will get like 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 confetti. You do a tray or something. I don't know if it's true or not. You can tell me. And, and so you make make look looks like a game, right? And so you can argue stock market is a game or not, right? You can argue that, right? And yeah. so it got people hooked on it. It's just like social media, right? You get hooked on doing this, and and then you can argue stock market investing, speculating, investing is investing, speculating is like gambling. To a degree, are like you just betting red or black, right? Whatever, right? And so, and so, and you got people hooked on using it. And so, I think it's an easy platform for people to use. I think people like it. Obviously, they don't like the fact that they got restricted buying stocks, but then overall, the platform was successful just because is is some people like the like the I guess what's the word the uh, front end of it like the yeah the interface the, the interface user, exactly yeah, yeah the user interface yeah it is extremely user friendly. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's something you could get. I think just the fact that it is so user friendly, 
makes it easier for people to get hooked on it maybe but i i don't know i personally don't think they necessarily created mechanisms where uh they hook you like social media hooks you you know the algorithm behind like facebook uh, particularly facebook uh where you know it shows you uh stuff on your stream things that will trigger certain responses and, and stuff um i don't think robin hood necessarily does that Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think just the fact that it is extremely user friendly and the interface is is very pretty too. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you get you hooked, right? And you won't go I back. guess and the so. Fact, and, and and the fact that, just think about it, right? And the fact that you 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 you're making money doing that. Oh, this is great. This is fun, right? It's still becoming like a game, and so it kind of desensitizes that oh, it's money, also, right? That 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 you you that that you're dealing with it. I mean, obviously, these are debates that we can argue back and forth, whatever. But then it go back to the subculture, right? Is retail investor coming back? Which for a long time, right? Wall Street would say, we love to see retail come back. We love to see retail come back. Because and why? Because they, that's how they make money, right? Because, because, because by retail investors coming back, they mean more money coming in, market go out. With retail coming back, there's more shares traded, more money for them. So that's why Wall Street loves retail until it bite them in the ass. Yes, right. And and I I will say this also uh, in the within the industry, uh, retail investors and retail traders, uh, people who don't know what they're doing, they're collectively they're actually referred to as dumb money, uh, because yeah. yeah, because you know we don't know what we're doing. So, you know, so we'll, we'll actually buy in and sell and, you know, our timing is like all wrong. We end up, you know, and the market makers, especially if you're trying to day trade, market makers will totally fuck you up, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway. <laughs> but, but the iron effect is that the dumb money yeah. is not so dumb anymore, right? Is, is that the one thing that I've observed in the past yes few no. years is that... Yeah. I mean, there will always be dumb money, right? And there's dumb money and smart money too, right? So let's just not do that. But I think as a collective, right, yeah. that the retail investor cohort has done a fairly good job not only timing the market, but also picking the stock that they like. Yeah. Right? And so, and so now, we will know probably... 10, 20 years from now, whether that is the case or just because the fact the market is going up because all the Fed equity coming in, right? Because because basically, whatever you buy, you make money anyways, nowadays, right? It doesn't really matter in theory. So, so, but from my sense, I think retail investors doing a better job. And I think part of it is also is because the access to data is much more prevalent today than it was even five years ago. Right, and yeah. so, and so, and so I, I think that makes a difference because at the end, investing stock picking is just a probability game based on information, and the more information you can make a much better judgment, and therefore improve your probability of making the right decision. And so, in the in the old days, retail have no access to these, these information. Now everybody have access to information to a degree. I mean, a lot of I mean most of it, right? 
you there's actually a lot of free service free uh market data and stock data uh services that you can get quite detailed uh information about each company and um you know and how the uh, not just um stock prices but also uh you know debt ratios and capitalization and you know all these things you could even like like on e-trade um um actually also on google or yahoo finance or one of those you could even get earning schedules and you know there's so much information that you could access and i think that you're right i think that's a huge component as to like how and why all this retail money is coming in is because uh data is accessible yep yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and, and at the end, right, nobody knows, if, 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 if anyone can tell you that, oh, I know where the stocks are going, that's that, that's a BS, right? It's a probability game where you want to risk your, at the end, it's, it's, it's risk, right? Stock market is not a guarantee, right? And it's a risk, and you want to make the decision based on the best probability, based on your assumption, right? That's all it is, right? And so, and so, by having more data, it improves your probability outlook and and your and and, and, and your future forecast. So, so I think part of it is the fact that and the fact that the the, the new wave of of investor, of the younger generation, right? They they know how to use the internet better than any of us, right? It, it's just it's just second nature to them, so they can find all this data. And so, therefore, I think um, that's one reason why I think that they're doing so well. And the fact is, they they buy the stuff that they love, right? And the fact is, historically. There is a box, a perimeter, how you value a stock. I don't think that will go away because because there there is some merits as to how much you pay uh, for a company, like how 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 you value it. But given where things are, I think people are just throwing that out the window. It's buying a concept, right? EV, just buy EV. It's great. I don't care what is it. I just I'm buy it until yeah. until it's become like a fraud, right? Like for example, Nikola, right? It went up and one went down, right? And, and it's like and it's like and and so the thing is that people move in and out so fast. But I think that's what happens. And then people, the thing about right, you say Reddit target all the uh, high short interest stock. Part of it is them, and they find the name. But I guarantee you, Wall Street hedge funds or other funds piggyback on that too. I oh, guarantee you that GameStop is not just Reddit. I mean, obviously we point a finger at Reddit and all the stuff, but major institutional money is involved in trading in and out of the same thing as well. So, so it's not like Main Street versus Wall Street. Everybody is the same. It's all in there. Yeah, and so while all this is happening, um, so there are a few um, trade trader channels that I, I follow on YouTube. And um, yeah, so some day traders, they're like, you know, what is this? I'm sort of just going to watch what happens because it was behaving. The behavior of the stock was just nonsense. It did not make any sense in terms of, you know, what day traders look at in terms of patterns and other and fundamentals and other things. Um, uh, but some day traders, they actually they absolutely went in. Uh, they saw what was happening. They went in, they sold, and they made money. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure some Reddit people, you know, they got in, they sold, they made money, and, and hedge funds and others. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think 
uh, Melvin lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, what's interesting is hedge fund as a hedge fund, they did not hedge their bet properly. <laughs> I I feel like it's kind of ironic yeah. that a hedge fund yeah. lost that much money. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, and then and then I I would say um in terms of you know losers at the end of the day is aside from melvin is um a bunch of reddit people who are because you know on the reddit stream they're still they're still saying hold 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 so these are all bag holders that you know um will be left you know they probably bought when it was like hundred dollars or or even higher and GameStop is now what like 60 something yeah, I 63. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so yes, uh, so I was reading the Reddit, uh, Reddit chain too, and sometimes I, I feel, I'm not, some of them I think is fake, some of them yeah. is real, right? So, and, and, and I did read something, oh, I put my life saving in here, uh, what, like what should I do now? I put it at 200 or 300, right? And I just feel sorry for these people. I'm like, in the moment of it, you thought, okay, so because we're game stopping going, going up to 1,000. It's an arbitrary number, right? People just saying it, right? Because it's, it's, it's yeah. where it's going to go. But 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 there are people who believed it, and so they're in it, and now like they they are holding the bag and what to do, and and so and then actually it moving to this cultural movement, political movement, right? It's us versus them, small guy versus big guy. Oh, we took down Melvin Capital. Look at how great we are, right? This and that. But at the end. Is that the point you're making, or are you trying to make a few bucks so that you can improve your own livelihood? I mean, because I, I, because, I just see people who yeah. make money and, and able to pay off their student loan, who able to uh, write a check and, and help the parent. Like these are like the great story of what has happened as a result of this. But for every good story, I bet you there's at least one or two bad outcomes yeah. as well. Abs- absolutely. Um, so I think you have, I think it's a mixed bag. I think, uh, particularly with GameStop, you know, I think uh, maybe starting 2019, I think it's uh, to that June 2019 is I think when uh, Kevin, Keith uh, Gill, um, the, the is, what is it? Something fucking deep value. Fucking value. Deep fucking yeah. value. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, he also has a YouTube channel. I didn't go visit his YouTube channel. It's like something kitty. Um, where kitty. Yeah. yeah where he was, um, you know, he talks about stocks and, you know, what he thinks uh, are good picks, I imagine. Um, so this is something that he did on the side while working for Mass Mutual. Um, and in June, I think June 2019 is when he started buying into GameStop because he liked the stock. Um, mm-hmm. He believed in the company or, or whatever. Um, and started investing in it. So it's kind of like starts back there. And then, you know, end of 2020, uh, Ryan Cohen, Cohen, I'm so bad with names. That's fine. <laughs> Ryan Cohen, uh, you know, invests or there's news of him investing at the end of the year. And then so I think it, it, it's kind of maybe it was kind of a slow momentum that was building up and it sort of exploded in January. Um, yes. So, I mean, I, I think at the start, I think it's correct because basically um, PSG's thesis is the fact that GameStop is not Blockbuster. 
there is value in this company. Yes. And and that and that's how it should start. And, and and he's absolutely correct. Like there is obviously someone see value, like Ryan Cohen, or else he wouldn't buy nine million shares of the stock, right? Exactly. So yeah. So 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 there is value to it. And so and so stock going up makes sense. But 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 I, but, I think what you know, helped explode it, uh, maybe the fuse, was the fact that it was so over leverage in terms of shorting the stock right yes it was shorted above a hundred percent which is ridiculous i think it was at that point i think the redditors were saying you know like hey look at all these hedge funds uh they are shorting the stock beyond a hundred percent and we all like the stock so hey let's fuck them over and buy up all the shares and drive the price up and you know they'll have to you know eat the loss and so it did. I, I mean and, yeah. and it worked and, and, and it worked and and, and they term, did it yeah. yeah and it did it and 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 they have achieved um what they set out to do right because there is a short squeeze stock going up basically 15x right in a matter of a week i guess or 10 days right I mean, I, I, I think it was like 20 bucks in mid-January and went to like 500, right? So 25 times, right? In yeah. the matter of, of, I guess, two weeks span. And so, and they're right. And, and the analysis is correct. That's right. So the retail investors know what, what they're talking about. And it's correct. And when you think about, right, you can't knock down the little guy because one little guy doesn't do anything. But when you have a collective of them, the big herd, they will run you over. Like, there's no tomorrow. They're just going to come at you. But I think this right? is what happened. I think what happened was they did this and then... So what's interesting is, so I think GameStop, it was a, a sort of a culmination of a bunch of different things that kind of made it this perfect storm. So in the midst of Redditors driving the price up, Robinhood steps in and restricts the buying of stock, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then I think fuels the Redditors even more in terms of deter- you know their determination to you know, to uh, knock down Goliath, uh, mm-hmm. which is the reference they often made, uh, you know, David versus, versus Goliath. Um, because here it is, you know, big money Robin Hood, backed up by Citadel, uh, who's bailing out Melvin. And, and, you know, and so it does seem like us versus them kind of scenario, even though there are reasons behind why these companies are making the decisions that they're making. But to the Redditors, you know, it's like, you know, hey, they're doing some another something else uh, to totally change the rules of the game so they, they lock us out. So, so then, you know, all the messages on Reddit was like, hold the line. And I think that's when yep. it started, is don't sell, even though that's the only thing you can do, just hold the line. Um, and that uh, that um, battle call, uh, that's when it changed, I think, from, hey, buy, buy the stock to hold the line. And now it's kind of like the message on Reddit is very diffuse. It's, it's not very focused anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And plus the fact that the stock started basically catering and just, started just plummeting doesn't help. It was like, oh, my God, what do I do now? Do I sell? And someone, someone was like, it's down so much, it's not worth selling anymore. I'm mean, just hold it right at this point, yeah. right? They they all like they all just all just deflated. But but see the but, but the thing is that 
their focus is that, oh, is Main Street versus Wall Street. But the truth is, there are a lot of people at Wall Street make money on this as a result. There are oh, people who are, long, who are long GameStop and make a killing because I forgot which funding was. I think they made $700 million on GameStop because of this. And, and, and the funny thing is that with this movement, so it doesn't just involve GameStop, it involves AMC, Blackbird, and stuff like that. And, or, or I guess I think American Airlines was one of them that was recently too. The truth is, what they have done have done one other thing that there could be a consequential effect on these companies is that they drove their stock price to a level where the company could actually sell more shares to help the balance sheet and prolong the life of the company. So give it as an example, AMC has been shut down for a long time. AMC is going to go bankrupt or whatever is just dead. It's told so much debt, they're talking about debt. But because of the recent stock prices rising, they were able to sell more stocks. So, so I think it was the week before, I mean, first week of February, they said, oh, we're so enough raising capital that there's no bankruptcy risk of 2020. I mean, 2021, that's great, right? And this is because of what the Reddit guys do. And as a result of the fact that stock price got drove from five to 20, there was a private equity firm, I think Silver Lake, they own $600 million of convertible debt that only pay 3% of interest on AMC. Because the stock went up, they converted the debt to equity and sold it. And I think they made like uh, $120 million off that. So they don't think about that by what they're doing. They also help Wall Street as well. They bail out Wall Street too. But yeah, because the social kinds are always is Main Street versus Wall Street. But Wall Street at the end wins. Oh, I'm, not trying to try, I'm not trying to deflate the, the movement. I'm sure I'll get people yelling at me now by saying this, but unfortunately, right, Wall Street wins because what you did, you might kill Melvin, but Melvin's being hurt actually help these other guys, right? So it's like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. While I think, um, you know, while it was happening that last few days in January, it was it was very exciting, and it was uh, one because um, I'm sure a bunch of redditors also made money, um, and but also it was exciting to quote take down one of the big guys because mm-hmm. um, this is something that was visible that actually happened uh, right before their eyes as you know, they were buying into uh, this uh, into this movement. Some people, I'm sure, were, were, were considering it as. Um, but yeah, but in the process, because there's so much that go on behind the scenes that, yeah, but in the end, you're right. Um, Wall Street, Wall Street never really loses. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones yeah. who set the game. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, and the fact also is that I think, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just the social movement. I mean, I mean, Wall Street does lose their firm that get hurt and stuff like that. But at the end, but at yeah. the end, with 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 the stock going up, it benefits more people than hurt people, right? With the Main Street or Wall Street, right? Because people are still mostly long, right? They they're still betting on thing going up than going down, right? Because short seller. It's still a small cohort within Wall Street, right? 
So at the end, if thing goes up, everybody wins. That's just the reality. That's true, but uh, but I think what happened was a lot of the latecomers. So after the stock already went up above a hundred and went into 200, 300. I mean, you know, it shot in one day. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. So Monday, I don't think it went up that much from beginning, uh, closing to, to uh, opening to closing. I think it was Tuesday. Hold on a second. Let me look at my. Yeah. So on Monday, the 25th, it went up 18%. Tuesday, it went up 92%, which is $71. And Wednesday, it went up 135%, which is 200 bucks. And Thursday, I think that's the day when Robinhood, yeah, uh, don't let them trade when that went down 153 bucks or 44 percent. Then Friday bounced back up 130 bucks again, up 67 percent. And at that point, then just start deflating on February 1st, and then just been going down this past week down, yeah, 80 percent. Yeah. yeah, it went down. So I think it was uh, Tuesday was when it made the mo- uh, sort of beginning of the significant jump i think it went it yeah. opened at 88 and closed at 147 uh and then it totally gapped up from between tuesday and wednesday so it closed at 147 and opened at 354 so mm-hmm. um yeah it's crazy so if you bought monday or tuesday then you made a killing on wednesday and yep. uh, as long as you sold it before Robin Hood restricted. Well, actually, even after Robin Hood restricted, you could still sell it. So, so sell, exactly. Yeah, so that doesn't matter. But um, as long as you sold it before Friday or by Friday, uh, you're good because the following yeah, exactly. Monday, it just tanked. <laughs> yeah, but but then again, go back to the point of rhetoric, right? Hold the line. Like, you won't sell, right? Because right. now, so now it's beyond just making money, right? It's more of like a a, a social issue is like, you know, I believe in this cause, so I'm going to stick to it, right? And so, yeah, it's so a then it's like, it's a statement now. So I don't know, I know, good or bad. I mean, to me, you want to invest in the stock market, right? You want to improve your financial health, help you, right? I don't think any people who bought GameStop, this, maybe, maybe there are some who bought GameStop just purely for the social movement, right? But, but, but then, I think so. but, 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 but in any point, don't risk the capital that you cannot afford to lose. That's the reality, right? But unfortunately, I think a lot of people risk capital that they could not afford to lose. And that's when it became a tragic story. I think that's very possible. I think there are people who are in that situation, you know, uh, that they bought into it too late. Um, you know, if you bought it uh, higher than $100, then you definitely lost money. I mean, unless there's another spike coming up down the line, who knows? But, um, or, you know, if GameStop as a company manages to turn things around in terms of their business model, uh, that they don't die out like, you know, Blockbuster did, which is often the, uh, the comparison that they make. Uh, and, and they're able to take the company uh, and uh, and grow it, then you know people who are holding the stock will eventually maybe recover the money that they lost. Um, to a degree, but to go back to four five hundred dollar, I'm sorry, it, it's well, going to just take a miracle for that ever happen. I don't think it will ever get there. Not not by yeah. ordinary means. Um, yeah. And so, if anybody bought it at four or five hundred dollars, then they're not going to recover that. Um, yeah. But I think um, I think there are some people who bought into it just to sort of uh, in solidarity with 
the redditors who are making this uh social political slash uh, economic statement i don't know um and then you know um but i think you're right i think um while it was it had a very exciting one week um because i think once it hit Jan uh february 1st there really was not nothing that was happening it was just you know downhill all the way um so that last week of january um while it was exciting and and people who felt like they were uh tackling wall street and bring down one of the goliaths you know maybe they felt good in doing so and if they happen to lose money in the process you know um, some of them you know may feel may have felt like you know hey that's the price i paid for bringing down one of these hedge funds which you know we hate for whatever reason not knowing you know they actually serve a purpose um you know to some extent and um uh but then they're also um yeah, I, there was a question in there somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I was trying to make a point, but, but I kind of got lost in the meaning. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm the point that makes sense is that I think there's a social movement that's involved, right? There's a lot of pent up anger, right? Yes. It, and, and I think the pent up anger what, that we've seen over the past year, I don't know if it's COVID because we all just went cuckoo because we're stuck at home for so much, you know, and then my, our mind just went crazy. But there's a lot of pent up demand is it as versus establishment type of mentality. I think, I think also a lot of people got hurt during financial crisis. And so, so Wall Street has been labeled as this bad, bad guys and we're the good guys. The bad guys get bad with the government. We don't. No, how come it's like that? Um, I can understand the amount of hate that's involved, I guess. But at the same time is that one thing that I was, I felt it was a little bit not right because it's like, you know, people who short stock, they try to make a living themselves. So whether they're wealthy people or they're not wealthy people, right? And then you start sending hate mail. But I feel like there's a lot of hate um, that's expressed through whether it's this or some of the social movement. I mean, I don't think hate is gonna improve anything, right? No. And 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 if you look in the past, what movement really was successful were the peace movement, right? Whether it is Martin Luther King Jr., whether it's Gandhi, like all these stuff is through peace, right? When you can become violent, it just become another form, and then it just get ugly at the end. This this and 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 no one will be side with you guys and then so i feel like i understand where they're standing from but then sending hate mail to some of the short sellers, hedge fund manager that doesn't do any good i don't think but it's like it turned that way um, well i didn't yeah i didn't realize all that was happening but that's that's totally i i believe you uh that that probably did happen um yeah i i think uh and on Reddit, there, there were definitely multiple references to the economic crisis of 2008, uh, yep. the housing market uh, going down, and how the banks got bailed out. There's definitely uh, lots of pent-up resentment and anger that stem from that. Yep. Um, and um, 
Yeah, and people. Well, I I didn't realize that individual hedge fund hedge fund managers were. Targeted. Yeah. So for so for, for example, like Andrew Lev is one of the well-known short seller out there who runs the Trump. So for decades, he he had published short reports, you know, to say whatever, and he stopped doing that because he get too many hate mail. Uh, Stevie Cohen, who is you know the, like, the, like, like the renowned fund manager at Point Seventy Two, um, he disabled his Twitter account because he's getting hate tweet. I mean, it's like it's just like you know, just like everything else, that doesn't help your cause. Um, yeah, but I think I think um, you know, very often hate comes from ignorance, right? Because uh, because you don't know exactly how the the stock market works. Um, and all the underpinnings of it, right? That short selling. Well, again, GameStop was an anomaly because it was shorted above a hundred percent, which doesn't make sense at all. And and I think th for that specifically, it was targeted. I think um, along yes. with the other meme stocks, but um, but I mean the other meme stocks. I don't think the volatility wasn't as high. It didn't go as up as high as GameStop did. Um, and I don't think there was as much momentum on the other stocks as, as GameStop. Um, but I think, um, I think had GameStop not been shorted to that extent, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it would have happened anyway. I mean, if it was. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, had GameStop not shorted to that magnitude, it would not have gone up. But but that's just, just, just the mechanic of, of the short squeeze, right? Yeah. Right, because the more you're short, the more you have to cover, and then so also risk managers on the fund saying that we short the stock. It went up ten times. You have to cover. You, you can't risk more capital, and so there, I'm sure the people who cover the top as well because they've been waiting. Like this makes no sense. It's been, and and it's, to be to be honest, to be fair, it makes no sense. It shouldn't. Like GameStop should at the peak, I think, is worth like thirty billion dollars. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not worth thirty billion dollars. Right. I mean, I'm, I, but it doesn't matter what Ryan Cohen does. It will take. I don't know what it takes to pick up thirty billion dollars, right? So, so, so it just doesn't make sense. But, but to them, I think, just, uh, whatever stock price is, whatever the last buy willing to buy that, and there's enough demand to push it up there, and so it did. Um, but, but, but it's it's a phenomenon that I think is a great business school case study. I'm sure it will, it will be there somewhere. Um, but, but also I think, you know, I have to admit that the retail Reddit taught Walsh a lesson. It's like, dude, you guys are just too stupid. <laughs> and they are like, like, like why do you want to short a stock that has been high shorted like this? No matter how convicted you are. Yeah. What? So was that the lesson that Wall Street learned? Um, I think for one, yes, that, that I think for whoever wants a short stock, they would think again and say, you know what, it, the short is pretty high. Let's use put options instead of short and stock. All right, so at least you can limit your capital loss and protect yourself, right? Or the risk parameter be more careful because, you know what, short squeeze is not invented just today. It happened in the past. Oh, yeah. I think like Volks, uh, Volkswagen was an example in the past, I'm sure it happened. But this one is one of the rare ones that went up this much, this fast. Um, and, and and so I think uh, it's a lesson and will be in people's mind um, going forward. And so, which is good or bad. I mean, and the fact is also, right, 
we will have all this hearing, all this stuff, regulation. Because in theory, you think about, right, Wall Street could have gang, gang up on these hedge funds, just basically wolf eating wolves, right? And just kill Melvin if they want, right? But they, but they didn't do it. But it told the retail guys to do it. And I bet you a lot of funds high under the cover and was involved in the process. So I think part of the reason why it wasn't that high, it was that process too, right? Because because for Wall Street funds to get together and do this is illegal. That's right. Yeah. So right. that's that's another th right. That's another thing that what the redditors did was not illegal necessarily. For now, now I don't know whether they will change in the future, right? Because right, because it, sh it showed the power of the collective, what they can do. And and right? that's that's one of the things. So when when this was happening, particularly after Robinhood restricted uh, trading, was when it sort of also triggered uh, people in in Capitol Hill. Uh, and questioning whether there should be, you know, regulations down the road. And I, I'm thinking that if they do create more regulation, that it would only hurt the, you know, the Main Street folks, not Wall Street. Most likely, yes. Yes. Uh, there'll be more restrictions imposed on, you know, the regular investors and regular traders and, um, you know, making it more difficult for an individual to, you know, buy into um, or invest in companies. Um, yeah, so I, I'm kind of hoping, personally, I'm kind of hoping that there aren't going to be any new regulations that uh, arise as a result of this. That, you know, if the lawmakers, um, you know, that the lawmakers actually take a very careful look at exactly what happened uh, and understand that a lot of this, what drove it was uh, sentiment, that it was frustration, um, it was anger. Um, and, and so I think the lesson that maybe uh, the government and uh, maybe Wall Street should also understand is, hey, maybe try not so hard to screw the little guy because they will come back and bite you. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, I think, I think, to be honest with you, the whole financial investing is become more, more, more democratized, where it's just a little guy is getting better at what they do. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I think I, 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 I still remember that there was like a Charles Schwab commercial where like online brokers become popular, right? It's progressive, right? How, how this commercial, this, this, this like father, have you took wearing a suit? Have you spoke to your financial advisor and all these stuff? And like, that has to be like, be in the game, in the know, because, because the financial advisor know what they're doing. It's like, no, I just do Schwab, you know, whatever, right? Right. And, and, and then it's like, this is now the next phase of it, right? Robin, right? It's like, the, at the end is, you can educate yourself because the data information is all out there, right? And it, it doesn't take, take a genius to figure out, right? Because to, just to put things simpler, you buy low and sell high. That's it. That's all it is with stock market, right? You don't have to do anything else. And it just find the company that you like, that you think that does a good thing, do some research, learn some terminology, and you can do fine, right? And, and I think that- and, and, especially, and, 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 especially in the long term. So if you yes. look at this as long-term investment, yeah, you will do fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 so, and so I think, I think um, now obviously this is going to hurt 
the business of Wall Street and whatever I'm involved in, right? That's not great, right? But at the same time, is that, right? There, there are two sides of it, right? Yes, if you don't want to look at it, you want someone to help you with it, great, right? That's why you pay people to do it, just so you pay a cleaner to clean your house because you don't want to do it, right? So that's fair. But if you're interested, you can do it yourself. That's fine. I mean, I don't think it's, it's not anything that is so dangerous that you cannot, you know, be involved and 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 just self-educate yourself, right? Just like everything else, yeah. right? Well, I think uh, one, of the, one of the rules that came out of, I think it was shortly after 9-11 uh, when the market tanked back then, um, a lot of... Um, one of the rules that came out around that time was the pattern day trading rule where you have to have $25,000 minimum balance in your trading account in order for you to day trade. And that's only in the U S and so Canada and elsewhere, they don't have that rule. And so, you know, they could day trade with as little as $5,000 and that that rule never really made sense to me, but uh, supposedly the reason why that rule was imposed is to protect the retail traders. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: in in the, I mean, in the world when you have money, it equalizes that you know what you're doing. That's the theory, right? But that's the theory. I'm, yes. but, but 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 right or wrong, but that is our culture, right? If you have money, oh, you must be smart. If you have money, you must be doing something right, right? Yeah. It could be luck, it could be anything, right? You, you don't know, right? I mean, and then so and so, but yes, and 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 so I think I think I don't understand why the rule is twenty five thousand dollars. Why not fifty? Why not a hundred? But, but, but just like, right, for people who can invest in hedge fund, there's a minimum net worth that you have to have in order to have access to it, right? It's just the way it is done, right? But hedge funds, um, that's at the institutional level. Even retail level. Oh, really? Because, because it's, it's riskier money, so you're taking high risk. So therefore, unless you have X amount, like you, and you will see a lot, and the fact is, I think it's also self-imposed, right? Like, like a lot of financial advisors don't want to deal with people who have less money. They want to deal with certain things. Like, you know what? If you have minimum of 500000 to invest, cost. Basically, you don't have that, don't call me, right? It's like, but, but that's the game that they set up. Right or wrong, right? And also, the fact is, is that if you have that kind of money, then you are more sophisticated, right? That's, that's just, the, just the way of looking at it. But to me, it's like, it doesn't matter, right? It's like it's like I mean, there's a business to run, and there's and there's a way to look at the masses, right? And so that's why I think a lot of the ETF become popular, and also I think there's stuff that, but there's stuff that that is that that um that that Wall Street is making easier for the smaller guy to invest, right? Because in the past, right, you don't have to, the, the, the minimum share you can buy is one share, and you don't have that money, you can't buy it. Now they're fractional shares. Yeah. It's not long about. How many should, is basically if I if I'm a box, I want to buy Apple. I can buy Apple. That's fine. Like they, they you can do it now. So I think for all the bad mouthing of Wall Street, Wall Street does do a lot of stuff, right? To innovate, to help the little guys. But at the end, also help Wall Street. But there's more money coming in, right? Over for fee. So, but then at the end, it works both ways, right? You help you you help each other out, right? That's just the way it works. Um, I mean, it all depends on what angle you're looking at it, right? But there is a democratization of financial investment 
And and I think it's a good thing for the long run because because if you look at it right, the wealth concentration is all on the high net worth people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the top one percent owns. I think 50% of the stock market or something like that. I forgot, I forgot the exact data. I, I think I, I wrote down somewhere in the course. So, and so therefore the income inequality in the US is getting worse and worse because if you don't have the extra money to invest, then then you are left behind. I mean, I mean that is just the, that is just the reality, right? I heard uh, one, um one uh one time it was stated that over the past like i don't know how many decades um that some ridiculous number of trillions it's like 47 trillion dollars worth of wealth uh basically trickled up from the poor to the the top one percent or something like that or top ten percent that over time well, I, through various policies, you know, yeah, yeah, not not just what's happening on Wall Street, but through, you know, uh, uh, tax policies and other economic policies that basically uh, over the decades, the poorer became poorer and the richer became richer. And during that process, the amount of wealth that would have been in the bottom 90 percent, uh, you know, e- equals to about 47 trillion or, or I don't know the exact number, but it was in the trillions. Uh, and had that not happened, that everybody today would essentially be um, like earning like a thousand dollars a month more or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. 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 But um, I mean, I mean, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think there's just a lot of a um, lot of that sort of resentment uh, that's built up over over the decades. So this is not you know what happened in January is not. You know, if you look f- deeper enough, this resentment actually runs very deep <laughs> and very yes. long. It's been going on for a very long time. And also what's been going on in the political scene, uh, you know, all the the riots and Capitol Hill and even before that, uh, Trump being elected and, and so forth. This is just decades of like, we're kind of sick of, you know, uh, the top 1% just benefit reaping all the benefits and and us you know on the bottom not you know nobody's caring about us you know nobody's giving us a break in fact you're stealing from us to give to the rich um which is also ironic uh in the name robin hood (laughs) that uh the optics of what they did marketing marketing jj right i know right that tire work is hard to get hooked in I know, but what when they restricted trading on Thursday, uh, the twenty eighth, the optics of it is here is a company that calls itself Robin Hood and doing exactly the opposite of what they should be doing. And they're shutting out the little guys and allowing the hedge funds to, <laughs> yeah. I, I can I, I could get that, but again, go back to I mechanics know. of that. Robin Hood could have gone under, and that does. No one any good when I mean I mean that happened. So no, I understand that, but I think on that day when it happened, the optics of it was oh just, yeah, of course yeah, yeah. It o- was optics everything right yeah, and, and then some people people don't dig into and find out why it did what it did right and obviously conspiracy theory they will always believe that 
no, it's just because they work for Citadel, therefore, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, the, but the funny thing is that it was in the press before that Melvin is completely out of short, so it doesn't really matter. Like, 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 like it doesn't help any people. And, and I also see text saying that, you know, Melvin's still in. I'm like, no, they're out. Like, like what else do you want? One... Oh, right. No, uh, I think the, the message was because uh, they were down 53%. Yeah. So the message was down 350%, 40% more to go. So I think, you know. They want to bring it down. Right. They want to bring it down to zero, which well, is like, that was not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and and then go back to the point. Well, it will happen. You have the time they start tanking, right? Because the other side is going to go down too, right? So, well, yeah. So, right, but but the, the, again, like, like and then go back to the point where the market went down 4% in the last week. Now, all, it had all have been recovered. But that hurt the masses too. It's not just by bringing down Melvin and GameStop and doing all this stuff, it created side dominant effect on other stuff that it could have gotten worse, but it didn't. And so that was lucky. But if the market ups in 10, 30%, it does nobody good, right? Everybody's going to lose, right? So, yeah. Um, but, but, but that's just the reality of it. So. Well, uh, one one channel that I follow uh, is a, a a legal channel. So the lawyer on this channel, he actually sort of looked at what happened with GameStop, and uh, he looked at it from a legal lens. What Robinhood did was that legal. And if you look at, um, I actually didn't go into my account and looked at the uh, uh, the service agreement in detail. But at least the uh, way this uh, lawyer broke it down is. In the service agreement, when you open a Robinhood account, it basically has all these terms uh, that give a lot of leeway to Robinhood to basically, uh, you know, go as far as terminating your account for any reason that they deem necessary. You yeah. know that they don't they don't necessarily have to accept your buy or sell orders. That they could terminate this, and especially if you. Um, if you're dipping into your margin as opposed to your cash value, then they could absolutely have the right to not fulfill these orders. And so yep. what they did, because, you know, soon after Robin Hood did this, there was a class action lawsuit that was filed uh, by someone in, um, in New York, I think. Uh, they filed a lawsuit and I think they were trying to make a class action. Um, yeah. But if you look at the service agreement, it's, you know, uh, there's really not um, a sound merit there for it to be a, a class action lawsuit. So, yeah. yeah. Well, nobody read the fine, fine print, right? I'm not sure I, who I actually read the fine print. <laughs> nobody right, reads it. Nobody reads it. So. Yeah, but the service, you know, the agreement is essentially a contract that you're signing when you're opening exactly. your account. You're agreeing that, that, to all these thing. terms. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't. I, I guarantee you, ninety nine point nine percent of people don't read the fine print. Oh no, absolutely, I don't read it. Yeah. Who exactly. has time to read all that? Are you signing your name on it? You're agreeing to it, though, right? So there's a, there's a lesson here. You should read all the fine print before you sign something because it's a legal document. Yes, that's true. But here's the thing, right? Okay, let's say you don't agree with these terms, so you don't open a Robinhood account. So you yep. go to another brokerage, and but they have very similar terms there too. So that yep. means unless you agree to their terms, you cannot open any brokerage. But account. that's a social. But I'm not. I'm not <laughs> but there's a social cost here, right? You know what? 
These are bad Wall Street people. We should not then put money in the market, and the market will collapse. I mean, I mean, this I'm this this I'm I'm leading to. No, no, right, I, right? I I absolutely right? I yeah I I'm actually kind of you know arguing a moot point, but <laughs> <laughs> um I I think though um the fact that you uh I I think that's fairly enlightening in terms of what could have happened or. Uh, had if Robin Hood went down, I think that's a very valid point you made, because that's not something that I that was actually talked about uh, in any of the articles that I read. Um, yeah, I mean, because Singapore, right? As soon as they 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 stopped trading or ceased trading through the buy that, they went out and raised two rounds of capital. Why, right? It's like why do you need the capital? They had to raise the capital in order for them to continue to operate, right? So, but nobody think about that, like, because because oh, otherwise, they I mean, if they are fine. It's one thing, right? But they went out and raised multiple rounds of capital to ensure the balance so that they can continue to operate going forward. Yeah. And when 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 things finally calm down to the point where Friday they, they basically left the restriction on buying those stocks instead of just one shake and buy whatever you want. Because now they have finally, right, sell down whatever that they need, raise enough capital that they can continue operating going forward. Well, I think even and after, then when they're done, so yeah, I think even when they lifted the restriction, I think they limited to like a certain number of shares. Like you can't buy more than yeah. But yeah. Uh, but, but I, I think on Friday they actually lift even uh, even a share limit. So okay. if you even look at GameStop, it actually had a run on Friday. From fifty-one to ninety-five in ten minutes. Ah, okay. Right. So, 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 they, so, so, so they came out open on Thursday, between lifting restriction on GameStop and stuff like that, and it start opened up a little bit, then went down. Now it's from fifty-one to ninety-five, because I think people realized, oh, I can buy GameStop again. And then from ninety-five to sixty bucks or something, just once collapse again. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think uh, well I think if people did use their sp- stimulus money to buy these stocks that I mean that that those funds are finite so it's not like they could keep buying to uh, keep well there may the be one point nine trillion dollar coming maybe after March you don't know right I mean I mean and, and actually this is to go back to a different point and just beyond GameStop is about the stock market in general right yes is that the market has been great. And and you can say government policy, right? Because of all the government policy, yeah, it helps dying businesses. I mean, there are real lives involved, the airlines, the restaurants, and so forth, and help them. But at the same time, is that and 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 give money to pure little guy to to make money in the stock market. That's great. But again, the concentration of wealth still remain on the top one percent, top ten percent, whatever, and they are heavily invested in the stock market. So it, the higher the stock market go, actually, it create a, even a bigger income inequality as a result. So it's kind of like a problem that can never go away, right? Because for anybody, you want the market to go up because it feels good because everybody has some retirement account, 401k and stuff like that, all benefit from it, right? But disproportionately, because the top 10% owns so much in stock, as they go, they will still go higher than you do because they have a bigger base, right? 10% of a hundred thousand and 10% of a thousand dollars. That's the difference we're talking about, right? Yeah. So it's like, right. But 
but this is something that I don't know when it will ever change. It's just the reality of it. Yeah, I don't know if I would want that aspect to change. Um, because, like, how how would you change it? That's even like, you know, unless well, you... if if you really want to redistribute income, right, and wealth, right, what you have to do is you have to massively increase marginal tax rate on the high income earner, right? Yes, and then use that money to help the lower income people. But then it then go back to the point, do you believe in income distribution, right? And that become, then you become a socialistic government. So it, all these is opening cans of worms here, but then can it be done? Yeah, like, I mean, government can do this, right? Will you be happy yeah. about it, right? Well, because, because, because that's just the reality of where we are. And also there are a lot of social program, right? Uh, where, 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 where the poor get benefit, but the wealthy doesn't get any benefit because they're wealthy, which is fine, right? This is how it's supposed to be. That's what's how social safety is supposed to work. But there's also abuse in the system in the lower end, right? So is that fair? Like, like, like you gotta, it, it's a tough thing. And then well, I, 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 some would argue that the current tax uh, system as it exists benefits disproportionately the wealthy. And this is part of the reason why uh, the wealthy gets wealthier. Um, that, um, you know, that uh, the lower end of the people are actually taxed more heavily, proportionately. So, well, so proportionally, because as a percentage of the income. Right, because because obviously the 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 wealthier have a different way to play the tax code and able to minimize their effective tax rate, right? Yeah, that's, that's one way of doing it. Yeah, right, because they have the money to do it, right? So yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Then you can, again, take out the loophole, or just simplify the system, right? I mean, I mean that because the, the UX tax code is very complicated. There's a lot of ways you can do this. Should just, could everybody just say, you know what, three tax bracket, you make X amount, that's it. There's no deduction. Are people going to be happy about it? I don't know. I mean, people have mortgage. You, can, you didn't tell me that I cannot um, do my mortgage interest. Will you be happy about it? And also, it go back to the fact is the high high income state tax state versus low income state tax, right? right? Give me an example, right? So with the, I mean, with the last administration of Trump, where the deduction of salt kept at 10000 it really hurt New York and California, right? Because basically, these are high state tax, income tax state, and and property tax is not cheap, right? But now the maximum you can deduct is just ten thousand, right? Is that fair, right? But then by doing this, then but let's say you move to Texas, there is no state income tax, all you pay is just property tax. So so it didn't hurt your tax bill as much. Like there are so many things involved that is just. Um, and, and, and to me, just like, why can't we just simplify things? Just say, hey, you know what? Everybody pay this amount of tax at this bracket and just, and just be it, no, no deduction. Then you have people saying that, well, you can't deduct charity giving, you hurt all the nonprofit. And there's always all these noises coming from everywhere. And no one, like, no one ever will be happy. I think that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the conclusion.
that that's that's yeah so that's the bottom line no one's gonna yeah. be happy <laughs> everybody's gonna be pissed about something i don't know what but everybody's gonna be pissed about something right it, it's kind of like the opening line of uh anna karenina that we're all gonna be happy for different reasons unhappy for different reasons <laughs> Reason. exactly yeah yeah well that's sad but it's true um, yeah, but I think though, um, if there was a silver lining here, what would it be? Uh, I think SEC should look closer to why the heck they allow people to short more than hundred percent of a stock. I think so. I think that's, that's definitely one. yeah. That's one. I mean, I think. I mean, regulation is good if it's good regulation. Right. Regulation is not good for sickle just regulation, but you have like good regulation, great. And two is that I think it just show how technology is revolutionizing whatever we do, right? Whereas stock market or whatever it is, right? And the collective makes a difference. So so therefore, um, I think um, but at the same time is you have you have to be responsible for what you say, right? And and it's like, I mean, because on Reddit, I, I do see some comments saying that you don't have money to lose, don't play this, right? Yeah, like you can I've only, seen that. right? And then I and I think that I think that's important to make people know it's not like this is not a game. This is money. This is money that you earn and save. Then you should be wise and think about what you do, not just because oh you get, you could get into the heat of the moment. Oh, it's going up. I'm fear of missing out. I gotta buy this. It's going out, and next thing you know, it's down FOMO. 80%. Yeah, fear of missing yes. out. FOMO. Yeah, I mean, but we all have, all human have that tendency, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's going up. I'm sure there's a lot of FOMO going on with with like Tesla, right? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's a great, great stock. I like this option up ten times. And what happened? And then, and then, as soon as you buy it, Murphy's law, it goes down. That usually happens, right? That's just the way it is. Yeah, but you wait, you wait, you wait, and then if you finally pull the trigger, and that's the top. Right, right. But I think that's the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, I think I mean I think the planning is from that side, but also from an individual perspective, is that you gotta know your game plan. Don't buy because oh everything's everybody's just like. Everybody is just like saying this is great, right? Just make sure you do your homework and say, okay, does it make sense for me? You can play. I mean, I mean, I mean, you can, you can, because you it's now speculating. It's not investing, right? Just like going to casino, you go in there, you have hundred bucks, you lose it, you're okay with it, fine. You, you, and if that hundred bucks become ten thousand, better for you, right? Uh, but I think that's something that that you have to be aware that you you use it as a play money as opposed to. Oh, I think because so and so turn, you know, twenty thousand into ten million, I can do the same thing as well, right? Because by the time 20,000 20, become twenty million, that's toward the end as, as opposed to the beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. So, um, and but but I think yeah, but I think I think the civil again the civil nine is that stop calling retail investor dumb money. Because I I, 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 I I don't think retail is dumb money. I mean, there, there's there's always dumb money somewhere, a retail institutional, right? But I think I think you know it's true that given the amount of information out there, pe people are smart. People are, people are intelligent. They can they can make their own decision, and there are a lot of people who make wise and smart decisions out there. 
And so yeah. I, I don't think just think of it that way. So well, I think uh, the the dumb money that's an industry term. Um, it, it's not the people who are calling themselves calling themselves dumb money. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think on the flip side, I think we should stop hate mailing or hating the uh, hedge fund managers because, <laughs> especially like in in you know specific individuals, uh, yeah. it's not the person's fault of any one particular uh, hedge fund manager what happened. Um, yeah, and I agree, and 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 I think that the the this, I always use the word displeasure is of hate. Of, of certain thing is, is never like a group of people. It could be individuals that have bad behavior, right? But then, but then it's not the entire group saying that because of one bad apple, the whole thing stinks. I, I, I don't buy that, right? Whether it is right. Wall Street, whether it is Black Lives Matter, right? You can't say because, oh, because one group is bad, everyone is bad. I, that's, not, that's not true, right? That's not then, true. But then I think a lot of people simplify and saying this is either either you either with us or with them. There's no in between. I mean, that's I feel like that is the one thing that I found in in the past part decade. This country is moving to too extreme. There's no middle ground. Like it can be like like there there's value on both sides. Let's work it out. No, it's either this side or that side. There's just no in between. And I think to me that will hurt this country in the long run as a result of that. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I think um, that's happening more and more because people are not actually talking. Uh, they're just espousing their own side of things in short sound bites, and but they're not actually having a discussion or dialogue or, or any kind of thoughtful, meaningful, you know, conversation and finding out where the common grounds are, you know. So I think, but, you know, that's that's kind of where it needs to start is, uh, let's kind of talk about this and talk it through. No, I'm on this side. This is what I believe. You're the and and actually also the sentiment that uh, the opposing side is the enemy and they're evil. Yes. I yes. think that sort of feeds into the whole uh, dysfunction uh, of this polarized society, uh, which doesn't help anyone. And I think that also you know came out during the whole GameStop thing is they saw the hedge fund. Uh, and and uh, people who are shorting GameStop stock uh, as you know evil, you know as the enemy. Unpatriotic. Yeah, that we need to topple them. And while they succeeded in crippling one hedge fund uh, in the process, they could have possibly brought down the entire market if this continued. But um, you know, maybe it is uh, the existing market uh, mechanisms that just kind of kicked in to prevent that, or the movement, quote, movement itself sort of lost steam. And, you know, that definitely was not sustainable. And, you know, it was. Yeah, and, 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 and the fact, I think, you know, they, they, they're now moving to biotech last, I mean, I think on Thursday or Friday, they, 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 they're not going away because it's spread too thin, right? You would concentrate yeah. on one stock. Makes sense, and the fact is, you concentrate on stock that is like a smaller in size. Because you look at this, it's all all the low stock price stock that's going up, all the small market caps that are going up with high short interest, and so so so, so they're concentrating on just these things. But then when it starts spreading thin, then the herd no longer have that effect, and then you would just go up and down afterwards, just die down really quickly, and then that's the end. 
Yeah, there, there's no clear agreement either in terms of which one to focus on. And so they're kind of going in all different directions. Uh, so yeah. these kind of leaderless movements, um, they, they do sort of die out very quickly. Um, and so, you know, if they really wanted to affect change, I mean, it, it was exciting to see what happened. And, you know, some of us on the sideline were like, yay, little guy, you know, <laughs> we were cheering them on, you know, some, uh, even. But um, but I think ultimately, uh, I, I don't know if it really changed anything uh, other than sort of more concern on the part of um, regulators and policymakers and, you know, maybe the Wall Street, big Wall Street players, too. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, my hope is that they're not looking at this to uh, restrict the little guys further, but have a really thoughtful analysis of what happened, and um, and and you know if there are regulations that these are thoughtful regulations that come out of it. Yeah, but but I, I think also the fact that it shows that you know I think with what happened that hopefully for the retail investment that that, that they can believe in themselves, saying that you know what I can do this right. I think this can be done. Is 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 not a difficult. No, it's, it's it's not a game that is out of my reach. I can do this, and so I think that having more retail investors doing this, I think, is a good thing in the long run, because then then they can all participate, you know, in the wealth creation as a result mm -hmm. of the of, of the stock market, right? Um, because I think a lot of people are just left out because they're not in the stock market, so they don't have that wealth creation, right? Because you because you make nothing in saving, you make nothing. In, in bonds nowadays. So the only wealth creation mechanism is I guess real estate, I guess stock market, I guess art of various form. But then those takes a lot of capital, right? So it's like it seems like stock market is the only mechanism that you have low capital, you can still participate, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so on that note, um, I mean, that's a hopeful note I think we could leave on that um, yeah. that we can all participate in creating wealth. Um, you know, while we, any one of us may not eventually become a billionaire, but um, but still like whatever, whatever uh, money you have, you can grow it uh, and, and participate in this uh, market. So, uh, yeah. And, and I think... Um, I think uh, the you know uh, technology and uh, and the commissions and fees basically going down to zero um, is good. I think overall, uh, providing access to more and more people so they can participate in the market. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So you've been, you've been, uh, you yourself, you've been interested in the stock market since I think you said you were in high school or college? In, uh, in college, yeah. So I started trading stocks on my own in college, I think junior year in college. So, so, uh, so I went through the dot-com boom. Ah. I see all that, so all that hype. So this in a way, it's like a dot-com boom a little bit, right? Cause stock just goes out cause someone says something on the chat and then just went straight up. Like, <laughs> like this happened. And so, and so it actually, actually, actually remind me of those days a little bit, and in a way, it's kind of scary because usually it means that the market is getting close to the top, yeah, the bottom. Uh, but but whatever, you know, it's but it's just, you know, I have one one former colleague, you know, who who wasn't 
old enough to live through a dot-com day. It's like, oh, this is what dot-com feels like. I'm like, yeah, this is how dot-com felt like, you know? It just stuff just goes up and up and up, and you don't know why, but it just does. Until one day it just goes down, and then you're like, oh, crap, this is not good. So do you see do you see this, uh, the market? Because the market is crazy high right now. Do you, do you see this uh, sort of um, retracting anytime soon? At some point, yes. Uh, I think it depends on what happened to the stimulus, what happened to the Federal Reserve. Because you think about this whole thing right now, the stock market or it is, is a function of liquidity, right? It's that when you, it's supply and demand, when you have a lot of money coming in, you have to go somewhere, right? You go to a bond, you go to a stock or some asset. And so as a part of the reason why the market is doing so well is because we got a huge stimulus basically two rounds last year, maybe a third round now coming up. We have the Federal Reserve buying $120 billion of treasury a month. So they're adding a trillion something a year. And that's a lot of money throwing in, in, in an economy that is, what, 20, 24 trillion right now? So that's a lot. Wait, and, um, and, what, what does that exactly mean? The Federal Reserve is, what did you say it's doing? Okay, so so basically, um, it all started during the, fin the, fin the financial crisis, right? Because Fed, unlike other central banks in the world, don't believe cutting interest rate to negative. So, so they have been zero bound. And the only way to expand the financial liquidity that they can uh, put in the system, they start buying bond because they cannot buy stock unlike the Japanese central bank. Right, so 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 they buying bonds, and that's a way to provide a quote in the system. So that's basically what we call QE back in the um, uh, 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 what we call quantitative easing. So so we went for three rounds of that uh, during I mean since the financial crisis, QE one, two, and three, and now it's kind of like QE infinity. Basically, during the March COVID drawdown, they went and put in all the facilities that they, they used during the financial crisis and put everything back in. And they start buying all these bonds, and not only and in historically they only buy treasuries and like mortgage-backed security. On this time around, they actually ran into buying corporate debt as well. So they're just okay. throwing money in the system, and so actually a lot of companies who had may have financial risk back in March got saved because Federal Reserve is coming in, backstopping all these debt from basically. I mean, just just allowing the market to function. And and so so th so these companies can raise capital and then move forward, and so right now they're still buying the bond at the same pace that it was back in March, oh. but clearly economy has been ending right. So basically the Federal Reserve is adding over trillion dollar liquidity into the bond market, and that money right. So if someone have a bond, whether it's government issuing bond like this, like these money can go somewhere right. So some people will, will, will sell it and then they will go buy other asset right. So it's it, it, it just an effect. And so and so as long as the Federal Reserve is provide, providing liquidity, um, we get stimulus, it's hard for the market to go down a lot. Like, but you just look back to the episode that happened. It's like, you remember in 2018, in the fall going to Christmas, the market went down like, I don't know, 25% in the middle of two months. And the reason for that is because for about a year at that point, the Fed stopped buying bonds. They stopped the quantitative easing. And if anything, they were actually reducing the holding that they have, but they actually let the stuff mature and shrinking the balance sheet. Mm. And it create a tightening in the financial system 
So the market just went down. So, so for that to happen, you have to have a change in the in especially the Federal Reserve to either talking about reducing the size of bonded buying, uh, raising interest rate. Otherwise, this market was. I mean, you have correction, like we're correction last year, right? Even like, I think October went on ten percent in like a week. So that can happen still, but to see a, a market going down 30%, 40%, that is very unlikely until we get some one black swan event, like some other kind of COVID that shut down everything, which since it happened once already, it probably won't happen again. Yeah. So maybe some nuclear bomb went off or some war happened, something that we just don't expect, then yeah, right, that will happen. But otherwise, the market will just continue to grind higher with this correction. But the pace of it going up is going to slow down because the market is getting expensive, but then it's trend zero. So there's no alternative, right? So that's what we call Tina. There is no alternative. Um, trend, did you say trend zero? Well, I'm sorry. Did you say the, trend, uh, trend zero? The, the, uh, the, uh, interest rate is a zero the whole time. Oh, oh right? I see. I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 would it drop? Yeah, I mean, we'll have five, ten percent. I mean, five, ten percent correction drop. It's very normal. Yeah. It happens all the time. Uh, to have a big correction, it could happen probably maybe second half of this year because if inflation, because market always anticipate what will happen as opposed to what is actually happening, right? Just like how we bottom in margin took off when things are still really bad. So if one sign is if we start seeing inflation going up. Uh, in 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 the data and market, then then people say, oh no, Fed have to start either slow down their bond buying or something, because because a dual mandate um, uh, for 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 the Fed is maximum uh, maximum employment, but also price uh, price control, right? So that so there won't be crazy inflation, right? And if inflation start going crazy for a bit. Then people start thinking, oh, Fed might actually have to slow that bond buying. And there's what we call, you know, taper tantrum, where they're tapering down what they're buying and the market won't like it and they will just go down, I don't know, 20%, and then, and then it'll bounce back up. So, I mean, right now, the, the fact is that the one thing we'll learn is that whenever the market goes down, the government, the Fed will bail you out no matter what. We'll see it time and time again. We have, we, we were seeing it every, every time. So, so I guess the lesson from this is that if the market goes down fifty percent, just buy. It doesn't matter. You just you just buy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you you, you 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 have extra money on the side because you know what? You always make money as a result of it. And unfortunately, that's a sad thing, but it's true. Um, and so and so, I think second half will be tougher. I don't think the market will go up as much as it has been, and I think volatility will go up as a result because now. Yeah, everything back to normal and everything is good. What's next? It's probably bad news at this point, right? Probably bad information now going forward. And if bad information, market can probably go down as a, as a, as a result. Mm. I mean, one 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 possible thing that can drive the market down because it's so concentrated on on five stock, right? Apple, Google, Microsoft. If there's any regulation by the government that will hurt these five stocks, Amazon, all this stuff then they can bring the market down because they have such a big weight in the market, right? So that is more of a market mechanics. Like the rest of the small stock can go up, 
But if these five stocks goes down, it will bring in the whole market because they have such a heavy weight in the market. Yeah, that's another sort of unprecedented thing that happened the past year is those uh, five or handful of tech companies, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, historically, so when when a stock becomes such a big percentage of the, of the S&P or a sector become a big sector of the S&P, it usually doesn't last and you're always correct. Right? You can think about the oil industry in the 80s, the tech back in 2000, it, or the financials in the 08. There's such a big part of the index. Something bad, bound to happen and they come back in. Let's see if use a famous word. Is this time different? <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't, I don't think either. it will, right? So, so if that's the case, then there's a good shot that all these stocks that run this course, and at some point, technology is not the place to invest; it's somewhere else. Um, I kind of highly doubt that, though. I think technology will always have a huge, uh, will play a huge role in future economies. I don't, I don't swear with that, but then but then they can go down a lot because they, because they come back up. Just clearly the case in .com to now, right? I see. Tech was, was, tech was a leading sector in 2000. Then you went down for a long time and now it's back to the leading sector again, right? So so technology will always play a part. Don't get me wrong, right? It's just that is this, the, is this, is it the time that you want to put new money into technology mm. or is it time to put money into somewhere else? Because, right, the market, the market is the market, right? And then there is subsector of the market. So you just want to buy the market, it's by S&P, whatever, that's fine. But you want to just play individual stocks. So is it, is it time to buy Apple at this price? Well, Microsoft at this price, I can tell you. Because you think about it, right? S&P is an index, post.com. It was flat, basically, from 2000 uh, to 2010. It didn't do anything for a decade. Really? Yeah, so so if you look at S and P, I'm I'm give you a return right here, right? Let's say start with um, December thirty first, two thousand and nine, to December thirty first, two thousand and nineteen. Uh, let's see, let me also no, not nineteen, that's ten years, right? Two thousand, no, 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 I mean nineteen ninety nine. Sorry, I'm the wrong year. Right, so from December thirty first, two thousand ninety nine, we bought in, and to December thirty first, two thousand nine. The whole index was down twenty four percent in that ten year period. What so? And then, what, yeah. So basically, S and P on December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, was around fourteen hundred, and then on December thirty first, two thousand and nine, a decade is around uh, is around uh, eleven hundred. So you lost twenty four percent by holding S and P for a decade. Now you, you will get dividend. So you, you adjust dividend, you'll be down 9% instead of 24%. But basically your annualized loss is a percent a year for, the, for that, it's a loss decade for the S&P. But at the same time, if you invested in the Russell 2000, which is the small cap stock, right? Uh, from 1999 uh, to 2009, you were been up uh, with dividend, 40% in that period. So you'd be up, not a great return, but you'd be up 2% a year as opposed to down 2% a year. So as a, overall, the market was pretty bad in general, but it mattered where you invest. And so and so it could be a lost decade where you hold Apple stock you buy today for the next 10 years, you get nothing. 
mm. because the stock would just be staying like if you hold for long term and don't trade it, right? Maybe Apple is, is, is the same price 10 years from now as it is today. I don't know that, right? Yeah. But when the asset gets to a certain level of valuation, it makes no sense. Like, it's not going down a lot, but you will not make anything. So that's something to think about. And then so there's a market. So because so as people talk about on CNBC, last year was a stock market. This year is market of stocks. Right? There's a difference to it, right? Stock market is just a market going up. Doesn't matter what you buy, right? But this year is market of stocks where perhaps a market, S&P might do nothing. But there's a lot of stocks inside the market that will do really well. For example, GameStop, right? So, so therefore, um, it goes into the point where do you just want to buy index fund or do you want to buy your own stocks, right? Mm -hmm. And find the winners that way. So, so the market changes, and, and that's why I think stock market is interesting because because yeah. changes from one thing and 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 I mean I think the 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 psychology doesn't change. There's always always. Things really good. There's always uh, euphoria. When things really bad, it's always depression. People feel like, oh, this is over, and those are the extreme points, right? And in between, it's all this stuff, and it's and it changes every time. But then, it history doesn't repeat itself. It always rhymes, and so there is some rhythm to the to the market today compared to the dot com era. May not be to that extreme yet, but you are seeing it flaring up in various places. That. So. that that's a really nice way of putting it that there there's a rhyme to it uh that it's not necessarily repeating itself in the exact way but there's a rhyme uh yep. maybe not a reason <laughs> sometimes like like game stuff sometimes there's a reason so yeah exactly I mean, <laughs> I, I mean i can try I, I can tell you how it happened mechanically but does it make sense to me? No, but it did. So, so it did. Yeah, I, I just think that it's just the culmination of like all these sort of different elements sort of converging to create this perfect storm. You know, it's one of yeah. those blips that happened. Um, and will that repeat? Um, personally, I don't really see it repeating, not in the same way, uh, at least. Not in the same stop. But 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 it will happen again in the future at some point, because short squeezes like this happen, right? Like Volkswagen happened, you know, like years back. So it happened at GameStop this year. So you know what? It will happen again down the road. I don't know when, but mm. it, something like this will happen again. Because because people people will forget. Oh, you know, the GameStop happened. People forget about Volkswagen already, right? Or else why people short hundred thirty percent of 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 GameStop. Wait, when did right. Volkswagen happen? Uh, I can't remember exactly. And was it was it similar a similar situation where it was a bunch of retailers saying like, "Hey, let's short squeeze this." I I don't think it's a bunch of retailers short squeezing it, but I think it was just a mechanical of the of the of the market and squeeze it and it's even worse. It was two thousand and eight and nine, so you went from two hundred. Well, no, it's crazy, but I think. It went from 200 uh, euro to 500 euro in two months. That's so, pretty. That's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, it's dramatic. Uh, but it was a purely a mechanism short squeeze, and then the next thing you know, in a year, it's down to 60 euro. But then also 08 happened, 09 happened. So. Right. Right. 
yeah, yeah. I I know that the short squeezes happen, but I think the fact that there was a whole a bunch of you know maybe in the millions of uh oh actually i take it back on on yeah. actually on the on the on the because uh, i was looking at just the closing price on the intraday basis right it hit a thousand euro oh wow in the month of uh october 08 and so and so basically in august 08 it was trading around 200 euro september it went from 200 to a high of 300 and then in october it basically went from a low of 200 to a high of a thousand. That's interesting because that right around that time is when, um, when all these big banks failed. Financial uh, crisis. Exactly. Yeah. That's when it, the financial crisis actually hit in that fall. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's, so, yeah. so, so it happens there. There's some trigger for it. I, I don't remember what it was too long ago. But but it happens. So 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 it's not anything new. I mean, yeah, I don't think it went up twenty five times like you know GameStop. I, 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 that I don't think can be repeated. But short squeeze will always happen. It, it's just you will. Um, yeah, I think uh, in order for something like GameStop to be repeated, there has to be another sort of uh, rally of people with just as much sort of uh, venom. <laughs> Well, yes. venom is venom is harsh. I would say uh, frustration, uh, frustration that fueled this sort of, and also okay. frustration, but also a sense of optimism in a sense because I think there is also uh, some degree of positivity, meaning like, hey, I could actually do something about this, so I'm going to put my money in it and yep. help this cause. You know, sort of. Uh, well, I agree. Yeah. 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 But um. But anyway, I hope um, not too many people lost their money. And certainly I hope nobody put in, you know, their savings or money they, they couldn't lose into this. Um, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I definitely, I think we can all hope that and I really wish everybody well, but, you know, yeah. but we know deep down there are people who are just holding the stock, buying it at 300 and just like, oh, yeah. what do I do now? Right. Yeah. And, and so. So what would you, what would you advise someone like that who is in that situation? They bought it at 200 or 300 and they're still holding. Sell it and move on. Cause I, cause I, I can't tell you where the stock's going to go. At sixty something, you can still is say that it is overvalued, right? I mean, honestly, like if I just were looking at this, I can make a case. If something happened, you can go back to a hundred, hundred and twenty, right? Tops, but it's never going to be three, four hundred, five hundred. But you don't yeah. know though, right? You don't know what will happen in the future, right? Maybe mm -hmm. Ryan Cohen wave his magic wand and and just does something and then something i can tell you all of a sudden say you know what he um uh 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 elon musk felt you know charitable and say you know what i'll throw in you know some money uh in there because i'm so wealthy you know i'll, I'll just take it private well, or i'll it. use tesla stock to buy it or something I, whatever right it's yeah. like but I would say among the players, right? So you're looking at the GameStop uh, situation and then you have the Redditors, you have the hedge funds and you have the SEC kind of like looking at this and shaking their head and the and the lawmakers, you know, sort of rallying, uh, holding hands across the aisle. You know, you have people like Ted Cruz and Alexandra or, uh, 
Cortez, um, AOC, or, or t hey, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> I don't know the full name. I'm so sorry. And then uh, Elizabeth Warren, Alexandria and... uh, Ocasio Cortez. Okay, Alexandria Ocasio. That's it, Ocasio Cortez. I am so sorry for butchering her name. <laughs> but um, you know, those guys basically. Um, you know, standing, I'm not sure if solidarity is the right word, but they were all sort of like um, uh, saying, yeah, uh, they were all sort of on the side of the little guys uh, yes. coming out. And um, but then you also have this is the piece that I found curious, people like Elon Musk and, and others coming out and uh, and, you know, um, supporting in support of the redditors and i'm not sure if they're doing that actually helped it doesn't i mean i i think i think with elon musk right, all he did was just to the gain stock i yeah. think yeah and then draw a stock up and then you got chamath pelahapatia came out saying he bought some 115 call and he sold the next day making a profit yeah I I I'm I think it's good that you follow a little guy, but when you are such an influential person and you tweet something like this and say something like this, you only add fuel to a fire that's burning. Yes. And these guys are smart enough to know that this is a euphoria mania, and and so it doesn't help the situation. Because and I if think, anything, yeah. And if anything, by these guys saying something. It actually made people feel like, oh, I should be in now because Elon Musk say yes or whatever. Just say, for example, right? Like, like this is why I feel the market is going in this um, euphoria. So Elon Musk saying to go on Signal, right? To just change the platform. But the only, but then people confuse that to a stock that's out there. That's called Signal Advance. It's a small mm -hmm. cap stock trading in $20, 30000000 million, right? It's a measurement in, instruments specialty company based in Texas. Because people thought, you know, I'm gonna say Signal. The stock went from, I think, uh, what price is it? About a buck to $40. I mean, I mean, these people have so much power in social media. It just create confusion and chaos, right? Now the stock's back under three bucks, but it did go to Actually, that's about it. It went to seventy bucks intraday, right? In in a matter of yeah. three days, like there are people who bought the stock at seventy bucks. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Because they traded it. Did it fall back down? Now it's at two dollars and seventy-one cents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it went back down to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but then, but there are people who bought this because oh, Elama said that, and then this is the stock going, and then they bought the stock. Right now, obviously, may not the guy who has seventy may have gotten out of fifty, whatever, and took a loss. But think of people who bought it at 40 or 50 bucks and holding it now it's two bucks. So what do I do? And this stock never will come back because always trade at a dollar for as far as I can see yeah. until this blip to happen. Yeah. And so I think people who have these kind of power, this kind of social media influencer, like, I mean, come on, you guys can be more responsible, right? Because I feel like, like, even if for a little guy, like by, by saying what you're saying, it actually adds credence to, Oh, GameStop, it's going higher. It's worth this. I should hold this. I should stay on it. 
Right. And, and, so, and so that create a problem there. Yeah, that's the point I was going to make that um, that in the in the Reddit um, that, hey, they would post or, you know, they would take his tweet and, and post it on Reddit and say, hey, Elon is is for us. Uh, you know, I'm sort of paraphrasing what they're saying. But uh, so, you know, we should hold. So it wasn't just as, you know, uh, the Redditor signaling uh, people to buy into the stock, but also if you have it to hold the line. Um, and I think that kind of call to action is a bit dangerous, you know. Uh, so you have all these bag holders basically propping up uh, all of these others who are taking this opportunity to sell and um, take whatever gain and then, you know, making money. Um, but yeah, you have so many people. I'm sure there is a there are a whole bunch of people who are still holding on to this. So and, and I think one thing is human nature, I think I do it myself too, is that when something bad happened, you look someone to blame. Right? That that oh it's not your fault that I bought this stock or I did this at this price, right? It's is it's that person's fault or is Robin Hood's fault? Is 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 the is the Wall Street fault? Right? But no one point a gun to your head and say you should buy GameStop at three hundred or whatever, right? You did it yourself. And and so, but then people always find someone to play. And I get the hatred against Wall Street and stuff like that, right? I mean, they are successful for the reason you said the game is rigged or whatever. But the game, you know what? The, I I can tell you the little guys who will do just fine, right? It's like my dad. Don't even have a college education. I did find a stock market. Just buy stocks. I think the stock is good. I think Apple is good. I just buy it for a long term, and he done well, right? And so, and so, therefore, it's not against the little guys, right? Like you know, it, it, it just you just have to be be wise what you did and learn from your mistakes and move forward. But I feel like every time something goes wrong in that society, we just point finger at somebody else, like you yeah. because of you. And, and, and so you just kind of dis, dis, disassociate yourself from from the mistake that you make. And I think the point taken up from this effect is people can say there's a lot of noise out there. There's fake news, there's real news, there's biased news, there's whatever it is. But you have your own mind and you should be educate yourself, say, does that make sense? Does that not make sense? Should I do this? And own up to a decision. Good decision? Great. Good decision? Okay, well, that's screw up, move on and don't do it again. But, but but I think people so easy just pointing fingers at somebody else and just disassociate the mistake from themselves. And I think that to me is much more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And actually also I think not listening to any one particular person, um, but so if one person is saying one thing and if it's true, then other there must be other people who are actually also agreeing with that. Uh, thing so like if you you can't hang all your hopes and and um you know and doing something just because this person said it um, yes yeah because uh, yeah and that's that's that doesn't help you in the long run but i think an earlier point that you made is so here with the internet and also technology the you know uh the advancement of technology has really made uh, not just uh, the ability to trade and enter into the market accessible to everyone, but the fact that there's a lot of information out there that we can access for free too. Like you don't necessarily have to buy 
like the subscription phase to these market information and market data. But there's a lot of free stuff that's out there that you should just really educate yourself um, and, um, and, you know, uh, as much as possible uh, on how the stock market actually works. Um, and, and also looking into, you know, different companies, if you're not buying indexes and, you know, if you're buying individual, uh, equity into individual companies, actually research the company and see if you like to invest in them. But I think that that's the ultimately, um, you know, that's where it, it lands is the responsibility of the individual to make I informed choices. Yeah, I agree. And, and the fact yeah. is that, you know, going to the stock market, right, unless you actually do it, you, you I mean, you won't learn. And I think it just through making mistakes or actually doing it, just like everything else, right, that you 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 get a sense of how this thing works, and then you slowly get better at it, right? And so, and just don't be afraid, I mean, for those who haven't invested, or just make a mistake this time, don't be afraid to say, okay, I screw up, that's it, I'm not doing it. Just like, you know what, you will learn from it, and you will gain insight, wisdom, and don't be afraid of making a mistake, right? And just, and just because not everything that you do will be right. You will lose money. There's no oh, yeah. one that make money on everything you do. You will lose money, but it's just learn how can I maximize profit and minimize my losses and just learn over time to do it. And then, and then in the long run, you work out fine. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. In the beginning, you'll, you'll make so many mistakes that you will end up losing money. And I think if you go into that, knowing that you're going to lose uh, money, then that will also help you make decisions in terms of like, I'm not using my mortgage payment money to, you know, play with the stock market. No, I'm using this $500 that I set aside that, you know, is not earmarked for anything. I'm using, you know, you know if I lose that, it doesn't break me, but I'm going to use that to kind of learn about the market by, you know, buying a share here and there. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to approach it. So, all right. This was a great talk. Yeah. Good talk, right? I'm glad. I, I hope I was able to provide some information that, you know, that, 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 that can help the, help, uh, help listen. Well, well, yeah, well, the point of this talk was not necessarily to help the listener in any particular. I'm sure I just... it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> just to talk. Right? It's a talk, no. and if, if somebody gets something out of it, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I did want to just kind of uh, you know talk about what happened with GameStop as a way of understanding what happened. And yes, uh, it is for educational purpose because I certainly learned, uh, you know, uh, have a deeper understanding now in terms of what happened. Uh, it, it is a fascinating case, uh, you know. Uh, all the different components, all the different levels, and all the different players that contributed to what happened. Absolutely, anyway, I mean, it's, it's yeah. something something that we that we that we all can learn. I mean, I learned from it too. It's like this how this how this how things works. It's just like one thing that my old boss told me that you, you, just, you sometimes you just don't know how high something goes. Just like you just you thought that's not going higher and just keep going higher, and that's true for the market too. No, I, I I don't think a lot. I don't think many people thought the market will be where it is today. When you look back a year ago at the start of COVID, it's like, oh, this market is tanking. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Next thing you know, the market is all time high a year from now. I'm, I'm just like, who would have all, thought? All time high. Yeah. And right. um, some of these prices, I w there was a couple of stocks that I was ha was watching very carefully. 
Tesla and Apple. Um, and and Apple went up uh, in terms of proportion. It didn't go up as much as Tesla, but um, Tesla was like ridiculous, and I I really didn't understand why it went up. So it was like uh, over two thousand before it split. It was like twenty five hundred almost, I think. Yeah. So if you look at yeah. Tesla, I was just looking back at the prices, right? So this is this is split adjusted, right? So in December thirty first. 2019 is 85 bucks and then Tesla split four for one, the no, five for one. Five for so, one. So, so, so that means it's around uh, whatever, 450 ish, 425 at the start of the year. One, one, one up to a thousand in February, then COVID hit. And then, and then I think went back down to uh, 350. Yeah, and now it's eighty five hundred after split, which means it's now at forty two hundred, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, well, just before it split at the end of, um, I think was it August, um, it it, went it was as, around fifteen hundred two thousand or something. Like that. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it was it, above, definitely above two thousand because after split it was like four something. Um, yeah, so it was above two thousand, almost twenty five. Like maybe twenty two hundred or it was. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. And it went up, you know, yeah, really very quickly. But anyway, yeah, crazy time. And you're right. It is crazy is, time. It's exciting. Like, the more I look into it, actually, sometimes I get a headache because, like, there's so many different things that you have to learn about it. But, uh, but you know what? The basic principle still holds. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> It's just as simple as that. That's all you have to do. Buy low and sell high and you'll never lose. You'll never lose. Okay. On that note, I hope everybody wins here. Exactly. Um, and so educate yourself. Be smart. Be responsible. Uh, and maybe, you know, uh, take all the hype with a grain of salt. Um, and thank you so much for Steve. Uh, no, for thank you for having me here. Yeah, this was very, very enlightening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.